Street Fighters. We're coming to you live. It's Sunday night. Time for a street fight. Thanks for being here. The call queue is already full. I know you've been waiting a while. We are live streaming this show right now on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. So if you're just going to give up on calling in tonight, you can still see what we're doing. We're even going to have the caller's audio pumped in here. So you're not going to watch us pantomiming what they're saying. Uh, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We've been doing this show for seven years now here out of Columbus, Ohio, on the best community radio that there is. It's WCRS. You can find us on 92.7 or 98.3 inside 270. And for more clarity, the 92.7 comes in better in Worthington and Columbus. 98.3 if you're in Grandview or Marble Cliff. So... Thank you for being here. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. We're in the Free Press Studios where you can find that wonderful paper around the city with all kinds of interesting and radical opinions that you don't find in most other media sources. If you're looking for more interesting content that comes out of the heart of Ohio, head over to WCRSFM.org where there is a whole bunch of programs, music, talk, politics, whatever you need, we've got it at WCRSFM.org. And like I always say, the longest and largest back catalog of Street Fight is available on WCRS. So get over there and waste some time at work. Um, We do have a guest in the studio today. Um, He's called into the show a few times before. Uh, You know him as the guy that does drug science. So welcome to the show, Chi. This is uh, great so far. Columbus has been cool. Only been here for a few hours, but hanging with the Street Fighters, my anarchy dads. So this thank is, you. What this could... is the best attraction in the city, I think. We're right? gonna go play some non-hierarchical catch after this. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So this week I did go to the Ohio State Fair. Didn't die. He is alive. Yeah, I did. I couldn't resist the rides. As soon as I saw the rides, I'm like, I want to get on one of those. And you know what? If I die, I'm doing what I love, you know? <laughs> well, I'm doing what I love, riding shitty carny rides. Oh, they make your belly flip, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We got some stage direction going on in here. Uh, yeah, the, and I also, I broke up a fight, and I also helped a pregnant woman. So it was very productive for me. Yeah, you did a lot of dad work while you were... I did. I felt uh, like I was on the job. You were on the job. You were. You had to do all of your business that you get in there. Everybody looks to you for guidance, and you gave it. Well, if there's a fight, I want to insert myself into it, right? <laughs> I would have watched it. I'm like the worst fucking person because I'm just like, I love fights. Well, but somebody would have got arrested. You did the right thing. I, I just like them. They did probably. They did end up getting arrested or in trouble because the cops showed up. Well, they probably just kicked them out. Yeah, but I, I did the right thing, though. So I witnessed this girl was standing there. I was, I was looking at her, like I was facing her and out of nowhere, this like blur of fists just comes out of nowhere and starts punching her. And then she goes away. So then the girl runs back and starts punching her. And then like the other girl's crew starts to come in. So I'm like, all right, it's done. You all prove that you're willing to throw punches. And so I, I picked up that girl though. It was amazing. I, I was like in the heat of the moment. I just lifted her off the ground and like tossed her behind me. 
very gently. I just placed her behind me. Is really, I wasn't a police officer about it or anything. I didn't give her the old German suplex. No, no, you just pull them apart, really. Yeah. It's I'm, the smart thing to do. And you should have just been like, you're going to go to jail. Don't right. be an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, you're, leave the fair and do this in somebody's backyard or something. Schedule this and put it on Snapchat or something. Yeah, yeah people love it. it. Yeah, yeah, make something. World star, make some money off of this fight. Live stream it on Twitch. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, uh, I re- I've seen a few there. You, there's this uh, road in Columbus, uh, Fifth and High, and it used to be a pretty wild. Sounds place. like a good time. It used to be wild as hell, right? There was this, but uh, there was like the Short North Community Patrol people, which are people that they have put in uh, orange shirts to walk around and harass anybody who doesn't look like they belong there. Kind of broke the whole thing apart, but. Uh, there's fights there all the time, and I would just, you know, kind of stop and watch it, and then make keep sure walking. nobody gets out of control. <laughs> I wasn't even making sure. I was just like, if so, what am I going to do if these people get out of control? They weren't smaller than me or anything, you know. They were like, you know, adults. It wasn't teen girls. I was like, Ugh. but I, I would always stop and check it out. Well, I usually watch a fight until someone starts hitting people on the ground. That's when I ever. That's when I intervene. Like, like I happened to. I jumped out of a car one time because I was like, oh, they're fighting, and then I was like, oh, wait, he's going to kick him in the head. <laughs> You're like a UFC ref. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I can't, I'm not good at starting fights because I can get out of them too easy by just talking. So I have to find a way to get involved somehow. Yeah, I'm good get at a starting sweet black fights. Eye out of it. I'm good at starting fights, but I'm not good at the fighting part. So, right. It's kind of, my mouth gets me into them. Right. And then I need help getting out of it, generally growing up. But I mean, if you look over there in this room, the person setting up all the stuff, I never really had to worry about anybody getting the better of me. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Big bros. <laughs> big mouthy boy had a big brother, was able to be a jerk all the way through school. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know what I did today, too. We did another grill and chill, which we have did two this weekend. I love grill They're and the chills. They're the best. Nobody's using those public parks at all. Every time I go there, people are just walking right past those grills and seats. They show up for like 45 minutes and leave. They're hard to grill on, but... But you're good. You're a master. I'm, I'm a, a master, master at grilling, but they're, they are harder. I just have to make sure that everybody knows that they are harder than an average grill. But I don't own a grill anymore. So it's fucking awesome that there's like public grills out there so I can get my fix in, you it's, know? Because like all summer, I threw my grill away this year because my wife and daughter went vegetarian. It was a shitty grill. Uh, there was no reason for... like. You, Using a bag of charcoal or whatever to make one thing seems like the seems bad to me. Yeah, I don't I can know. See that. <laughs> I don't know what the environmental uh, the environmental aspects of that are, but it doesn't seem good. You should save all that charcoal and put it in your ice cream or water. Yeah, my daughter would eat it. Oh, Brett came in yesterday. Brett, like we were hanging out at Brett's house. And I brought Gwen with me, and he bragged because he saw Dragon's Breath. And I was like, you should have ate some, dude. That's what I do. I, like, do stuff that she wants to do and then come back to her and tell her I did it, and it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about that. I really should have. I should have showed her a picture, a live photo of me biting into it. (laughs) This is what it looks like, Gwen, just like all the YouTube stars you've seen eat it. (laughs) Oh, it's way better than you actually do it. (laughs) It sounds like shit. It really doesn't sound good. Like frozen cereal. I mean, it's cereal still. It's cr- cereal's already crunchy. I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm so I'm a soft foods guy. 
Like, there are a lot of people who are hard foods people, and they like crunchy shit. And we were talking about, on the wife show, uh, french fries. And they were talking about how, like, oh, I don't like steak fries because they're, they're not hard or whatever. And I was just like, I love big floppy fries, they're man. They're pillowy. Yeah, I love floppy sh- shit. Do you like the mashed potato smiles? Do you ever get those? No, I, I, I'm like not like I'm not as into that kind of stuff anymore. You know, the tater tots, the mashed potato smiles. Let's just take a big fat steak fry, man. Well, it's got mashed potatoes in the middle, right? I don't know. I've never had them. Actually, I gotta say, what? Well, no, mean, steak fries do. That's what I fries. think of it's, as mashed potato. It's middle. just a potato, dude. But it has potato in the it's middle. Like, but it just doesn't have its foot in any camp. It's not in the crunchy camp. It's not in like the. It's. I don't know. It just know. feels like it can't be anything like i could go it's too home. big it's unwieldy i could go home after Salt these shows stick to it i could go home after these shows wasted and just sit down and eat chips but i stop and get fries because they're softer fries i like You're a flaccid food kind of guy yeah yeah well what if they start making soft chips <laughs> i've I'd pro- Dude, I let my cereal get soggy before I eat it. I, like, give it a few minutes to sit there in the milk. Like, I leave the room and do other things so I don't eat it too fast. No. I only like cereals that get soggy, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and, and uh, Golden Grams. Like, I'll, I'll leave the room so I can get some soggy cereal. I yeah. love it. I just can't get enough of it. Yeah. That's the only way I eat cereal. I feel I gotta I gotta like tear through something and crunch it and dominate it. It gets like an ego boost for me to yeah. like eat that food. I like cake. I don't. I remember one time you bought those. Crun- <laughs> I bought you crunchy cookies for your birthday because I was like, these are gross. Oh, like, those I would Tate's never ones. Want these. Those Tate's ones are crazy. They make regular <laughs> chocolate chip cookies, but they leave them in the oven for like six minutes longer, and yeah. all that's left is like this hard crystallized like uh, cookie. Give me a soft batch. It's like brown sugar, basically. Crunchy brown sugar. Yeah. Them soft batch daddies are really good. The soft batch are, t- yeah, those are too addictive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're easy to sure. eat. Yeah. They don't, I, they don't scrape the inside of your mouth, so you can just, like, swallow them. <laughs> I didn't do much this weekend, man. I did my walks. I almost took a bird scooter. I did. I'll, I'll bring this up before we take calls, actually. I went to a new restaurant in town. Burgs. There's a new burger place in town, which means that I have to go there. It just opened this weekend. And of course, if they sell cheeseburgers, <laughs> I have to go there immediately. So I went on uh, Saturday, the day after they opened, and it took like 45 minutes to get my food and it was to go. And I was getting so mad. But you know what? The street fighters out there, my little street fighter maniacs, gave me the power not to get all fired up and mad about it, you know? Well, yeah. You mean all you did was play on your phone, right? Which is what you're going to be doing anyways? Well, I had to go put, I had to go fucking put more money in my meter, oh, dude. Oh, no. I'd make him pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you got to spot me a quarter. And they were handing all these people like free milkshakes and free stuff and they didn't give me anything. And I was like trying my best to look mad no you gotta speak up man you got a squeaky wheel gets the grease i can't yell at people dude but they just be nice about it just be like uh can i get a free milkshake no you can't you can people totally are just like sure (laughs) that feels like crossing a weird line man just (laughs) saying give me something free but most people don't care I know they don't care. We, I mean, we get callers all the time, and I've done it. I know they don't care, but it's a weird thing to ask for. Just to not ask if you want to save money or get free stuff. Well, I didn't get a milkshake anyway. I didn't save any. I wouldn't have saved any money. We well, could have had a milkshake. I could have had a milkshake. That's true. 
You're right. He's like, man, hey, can you fill up one of the milkshakes? Yeah, why don't you make me a milkshake? But I <laughs> no, don't make, don't say make it for me. Okay, because then it's like ordering them. Yeah. Well, they were also giving people get cards for free milkshakes. For free ninety nine. Like, you can roll in here later and get your milkshake. You could, I could have gone there and got a nice vanilla milkshake one day. Dude, I felt so awkward even asking y'all for favors. There's no way in hell I could have them. Let's get a free milkshake going, yeah, guys. You should try. I, I, I am. You should try it. Well, you told me a story recently. We have a mutual friend that got some free shit, and now I'm like thinking, like, oh, fifty dollars from Target. Yeah, how brave is that to just be like, I think you owe me some money, okay? <laughs> well, they and did they, owe him some money. They did. They did owe him money. Well, well, let's do that story real quick, and then we'll get to our callers. Bought a bicycle, or he got a bicycle for his daughter. Went to put it together, played with it for like two hours, then called me and was like. What am I getting wrong about this bike? And I was like, immediately, it was like, the fork is bent on that thing. There's, he was like, what do I have to do? I'm like, you need like a two by four and a mallet, because that's the only way I used to fix those <laughs> when I put them together. But I would take it back to the store, because you don't want, you don't want to have a fucking bent bike. No, you don't want to be you banging want, on a bike with a hammer, right. like on, on a new bike with a hammer. There's no reason to do that. <laughs> so he went there and they did, they were like, she fell in love with this bike. This is the one she wants. And they were like, well, uh, we don't have it in stock and they're like, we can give you store credit though. And you can buy it online. Fine. He took the store credit, went home, tried to order it. He looks at the, the gift card. It's not working. It says store credit or it can only be used in target stores, not eligible on target.com. Cause those are separate entities now, apparently. What? Oh, I'm not even going to ask why it's just, that is capitalism right there. The most efficient way to run the world is capitalism, but you can't use store credit from Target on Target.com. So he went all the way back. I think they ended up giving him just the money. And he was like, he he said he wasn't rude at all. He was just said, you know, I drove here to fix this. I didn't expect anything from the issue. I understand manufacturing problems, but you told me to go home and order it. So I drove home. Now I'm back again. And I feel like you owe me something for my time. <laughs> That's so lady, brave. That's like Superman brave. That's like standing running. up for yourself, <laughs> <laughs> not being walked all over. It's not being walked all over. Like the the manager didn't intentionally look. I'm not sticking up for management here, right? But he didn't like <laughs> intentionally ruin this guy's day. And I feel like to to but, be like you owe me something. That's that's like I can't think of anything scarier to do but, in okay, public. It seems like a phony. It's not like a stranger though. This is somebody that works for Target, and you know that Target has money set aside for they this do. thing. They do. Uh, yeah. Okay. She handed him fifty dollars. That was more than the, half the price of the bike. Yeah, that's great. Like he I didn't say I want fifty dollars. He probably would have taken ten percent off. I'm, he would have done it for eight bucks and went out there happy as hell. Yeah. Well, I was like, I, I, I was like so annoyed, and then they explained to me that somebody came in there and ordered forty cheeseburgers right when I got there. Oh, and God. it's like, motherfucker, who just walks in and orders forty cheeseburgers? Like, what is that? Like, yeah. my dad taught me when I was young. Like when we were kids, there were five of us. So if we were going to eat at McDonald's or Burger King or something, my dad always taught me if you're ordering for five people, this is the one thing he taught me. <laughs> if you're ordering for five people, you need to go inside. That's the drive through is not for ordering a lot of food. Right. Or and, and I've extended that to believe if you're making a larger than regular order, then you need to go there and be like, listen, I need 40 cheeseburgers. 
like how long ahead. is it going to take? Yeah, that's a call ahead. It's a call ahead. Yeah. No, we used to do. We there was a lady. I just saw this one lady completely tear down this woman at work because we were doing a Chipotle order, and it was this pretty small office. So there's probably only nine of us. And she was like, just going to run out the door at the order. And she was like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, you go online and you fill it out. You're not going to walk in there and tell them to make nine burritos for you right now during lunch. <laughs> and the girl was young and it was, I was mean, but it was like, oh, she won't do that again. She learned a lesson. Yeah. 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 People <laughs> think you can just do anything in that drive through. I remember taking orders in a drive through. It's like, dude, if they're not looking at you, you're like second on their, like there's a depth chart of people who are important. When you order food at McDonald's and the bottom of the depth chart is the drive through. I, I'm sorry to tell you that, but the guy that's looking at me, the, the man or woman or non-binary person that's looking at me over the counter. That's yeah. the fucking person they get, I care about. They get your McChicken <laughs> yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, if there's two McChickens and one goes to the drive-thru and one goes to that person, it's always going to the person at the counter. That's just because you're not looking at them. I go in a lot anyway. I don't do a lot of drive-thru stuff because I just feel like the drive-thru is like... For emergency use only. Yeah. Like, you, you use it if you're... Like, you never use it. How often have you been through a drive-thru with me? Never, probably. We've been hanging out. We've been doing this show for seven years, and you've probably never been through a drive-thru with me. On the road. Yeah, wait, wait, okay. Not even on the Maybe road. Maybe not even on I the road. I usually get out and go in because yeah. I want to walk, dude. I love to look at the tacky interior. I like seeing all the inside of the McDonald's now because they've changed them into, like, corporate office environments. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just lived in a Doughboys this week, and it was really funny because there was a, the the guest on there was they were doing Panera, and he was talking about how Panera is just a place where you take people to deliver bad news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so people won't flip out <laughs> because the inside looks so depressing. It looks like a place where you would tell your kid your parents are divorcing. Right, and I fucking was dying because I never go in a Panera. Like I will never. I don't eat there ever, oh. and it looks like the biggest bummer from the outside. That's the only one with good salads though that's only fast food with good salads and fast you know greasy food on the road is the worst panera might be my favorite fast food oh really okay well there you go that's a cliffhanger (laughs) from the wife show but that's a terrible choice (laughs) the heavy food takes from both y'all today i don't know we were arguing about it on the last show which isn't out yet but uh it will be before this comes green out. Green shit. I gotta eat green shit. He does like he'll he'll go. He likes Wawa now because their veggie sub is just all the vegetables rammed on a piece of bread. It's good, <laughs> and uh, he loved that shit. All right, so we're gonna start taking calls now. I might have to switch headphones. I I can't tell if I can hear y'all in my headphones or not. So let's take some calls. All right, let's see who's here. Hold on just a second, because I got a bunch of windows open, but there you are. Hachi machi, that's a lot of calls. That's a lot of calls. Thank you for calling Street Fighter Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, guys, this is Caleb, the Raptor guy. I'm sorry, one more time? Oh, Caleb, the Raptor guy. Oh. Yeah, 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 Brian heard me. Sorry, I can get a little closer to my phone. What's up? Not much. What are you up to? I, um, I just finished watching a Wyoming sunset in my car, just chilling out, hotboxing and all that good shit. That's amazing. I, uh, I'm going to the beach next week. I think I'm going to do shrooms again with my wife. We're going to revisit that and make that our anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't done shrooms yet. And I think when I'm in Oregon, like after I'm done working, I have a friend in California and I think yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let her take my shroom detox. 
Excellent. How how are the Raptors this year? I saw you you had a few. Yet you, you named any more street fight ones? <laughs> um. So yeah, right now I'm in Wyoming and I'm still working on the Shark Tail Grass Patch Cup, which it, they're a little like chicken bird that runs around the stage like a little dumbass because they aren't that evolved in terms of other birds. So I'm here doing that, but. In Oregon, in like a month, I'm going to be up at a place called Bonnie Butte in Oregon again near Mount Hood, trapping raptors, which is like two hours away from Portland. So, yeah, I want any street fighters in Portland to, yeah, come hang out. I'll post more stuff in the street fighters. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I, if I was in Portland, I would probably take him up on this. Those birds are huge. They're like fucking pterodactyls. Whenever he posts a picture of them, I'm like, I would never get that close to a bird that looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, in the rapid trapping blind, you, 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 you got your lure birds. And a lot of times, the raptor just comes out of nowhere and just scares the shit out of you. Like, they come, like they come in so hot, like 30 miles an hour into the ground, and then they miss and fly straight into the net. Like, it's awesome. <sighs> That's so cool that you deal with wild animals. It seems like such a weird, like, it seems like, well, first of all, it seems like, I know you're not making a ton because we've talked about that, but it seems like you're, it seems like such a weird, like, you're 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 doing your dream too, right? Like, were you always like fucking around with uh, wild animals when you were a kid and stuff? Like, were you like fascinated with them? Oh yeah, from the earliest age, I was always riding my bike up and down the street. My parents lived on getting woolly bear caterpillars on my bike and trying trying to um, get them to crystallize and all that good stuff, and then. I always, I wanted to be, then I went, when I was a little older, I wanted to be a vet, but then I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to get, I don't want to be in school until I'm 35. So I was like, what's the, uh, conservation biology? Cause I, I majored in biology at Iowa State, and I was like, what the fuck do you do with a biology degree? Like, I, I just, Ugh. So, went through some confusion there, but then, Left out, went to Arizona, got arrested for smoking pot. <laughs> Everybody then, gets busted in Arizona, dude. I feel <laughs> like I know so many so people. So many highway patrol guys. It's insane. <laughs> Arizona, I, I've driven a lot just in the last couple of years because I'm transient as hell. And you drive in different states, and yeah, Arizona, the worst in terms of highway patrol. Uh, California isn't even as bad as Arizona. Like, you, you'll be driving in the middle of nowhere to cut those and you'll just see them. Like, Jesus, oh, I got a place for you to check out. It's called Virginia. <laughs> it's the worst place in the world. Have you been there? No, I, ha- I, need, to, I need to go see them birdies out east someday. So yeah, Virginia is... I got pulled over in Virginia and I was one mile an hour away from getting my car impounded and a bunch of other different things too. I was going 80 in a 70 and he was like, if you were going one mile an hour faster, I would have impounded your car. And I was like, geez, dude. All right, man, that's rough. I mean, the freeway should just, I've said this on the show before, but the speed limit on the freeway should just be so variable. 
You know, it should just be go with the flow of traffic. It it should. Yeah, I. Yeah. I'd rather that teacher hold up that. He's like, well, and, but if everyone's going seventy and a sixty, if you're getting your doors blown off going five under, that's what it's time to speed up. Yeah, I feel that way too. I mean, never go five under though. You should never be going five miles. Going five miles an hour under the speed limit is the easiest way to get pulled over. Like way easier than speeding. Sometimes they'll let a speeder go because they're like, oh, that's a normal person. They're just speeding. But you're going five miles under the speed limit and they're like, what's this guy up to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, and then, well, the other thing about Arizona is it's crawling with patrol because, you know, that's, 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 I feel like that's ground zero for all of the most vitriolic race, like racism going on in this country, right on the border in Arizona. Right, that's where and Sheriff so, Joe is, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and they, they were the first ones to pass laws about you know, immigrants having to show their papers and shit. They could pull you over for that. That was like a whole big deal. And then uh, yeah. they also like, that's where the ice checkpoints have been. Like Arizona's a wild place where like, and I hear that their last call is really early. For some reason, I think somebody told me last call there is 1 a.m. or midnight. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't go there, man. Yeah, my shows, my shows don't end until <laughs> 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was I drove around before I got to this job because I I don't have anything else better to do. And I went through Southern Arizona because that's where all the really cool birdies are. And oh, it's it, it just I didn't have anything on me because I knew it was like I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna do the shit solo. It'll be good, it'll be fun. And it yeah, it's just crawling with border patrol. And, uh, it makes it just it creeps me out. Yeah. Well, that's also the state that does the most complaining about uh, the border, too. You know, it feels like it feels like you hear them all the time. Well, you don't live here in Arizona. It's like, fuck you. You know, who cares? Like you bit you drew an imaginary line where people already lived. You know, in 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 history, people were able to cross that line anytime they wanted to. It's only been like 200 years. Like, I, I just. Borders are the dumbest things that I, I like. Just can't even keep off my damn stolen land, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I even think about just <laughs> like somebody having to cross through border patrol that lives five miles away from the border to go somewhere. <laughs> you know, you're like you live in Mexico and you want to go somewhere that's like five miles over the border, and you got to It's a two hour trip. Yeah. Yeah. You got to talk to somebody. It's like what? Because it's like, I don't know, because where I live is the middle of the country, so I can cross all these border lines without it being much different. You know, there's different feels to every state. Like, Indiana is boring. Kentucky <laughs> kicks ass. Uh, Michigan, I don't get up there very much, but you drive cool roads up there. So there are places like, but you cross those borders and it's basically the same place. I can't imagine being somewhere where there's a border that you're just not allowed to cross. That to me would, would so illustrate how borders are stupid for, and, and it seems like the people that live on the borders are the ones that believe in them the most. Yeah. Well, it bears to mind the whole question of citizenship because that's what all the assholes are trying to that's what they're trying to draw the line on is citizenship. So it's 
like there's so many people still, all my coworkers, who are NPR listeners. Well, one's an NRA guy, but two of them are definitely NPR listeners. <laughs> can I and, can I stop you real quick? NRA guys that are really into conservation so they can kill more things are the weirdest people. <laughs> like, my father-in-law is a member of the NRA and the Sierra Club. So he's like, well, if you want to shoot things, you got to let them live. Oh my, oh my God. It's true, though. That's the most petty Roosevelt bullshit I've ever heard. Good Lord. As long as it, I mean, uh, it is true. It is more responsible than just being in the NRA and enrolling coal. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I would like the NRA is so blatantly racist now that oh, it's yeah. so weird that like people are still in it and they don't see it as like like the clan to me. Yeah, those videos uh trying to incite civil war and all of that. It's like what is this about? Yeah, it 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 definitely has a lot more racist feel. They never when Philando Castile, you know, that was the that should have been the big moment. When 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 people were like, okay, this yeah. NRA is NRA, racist, yeah. you know. So, well, Caleb, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, again, put your info in the group and uh, listeners, go Street Fighters, go hang out with some birds that are the size of people. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seriously, Brian, Brian and Doug, and. Um, you guys know where you're going in the morning yet, venue-wise? Not yet. We should know this week, probably, I'm Wait. thinking. Des Moines? Des Moines is Vaudeville Muse, right? I don't know, dude. You haven't oh, told me yes, any yes. of them. That's the place I wanted to recommend. Yes, I love the Muse. Yes, we, uh, they're, one of the people that works at Vaudeville Muse uh, is a street fighter, and they got it all hooked up. Uh, tickets and all of that will be out soon. Oh, I hope to meet you, Caleb. That would be really fun. Bring a giant yeah, bird. Bring a bird, man. <laughs> uh, uh, in, in, wait, before I hang up, in Portland, when you guys, I, that should work out. While I'm in Portland, you'll come through. If the West Coast tour ends up falling night, so. Cool. We'll try to get out there. We're bringing the families, so maybe the families would like to meet a giant bird, right? Yeah, of course. That's one of those things where we remember when we took our wives to the weed farm and we were like, they were like, damn, y'all got it going on. All right. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh, I got a story. I got a bird story for you about the Ohio State Fair. What happened? Did I tell you already about this? I ain't no bird story. Um, so about 10 years ago when I was at the Ohio State Fair inside the nature exhibit, there is uh, people with birds, right? And there's this woman holding this big it's like an owl thing. It was a pretty big owl, like maybe a barn owl. Love owls. And uh, it, she drops it off of her wrist, and it's just hanging by a chain by its leg. Okay. Like it's hooked to her arm by a chain. And so she's just holding this owl in the air, and I just started booing her. Why? Because she was dangling an <laughs> owl from a chain in front of us. What kind of a show is that? Hey, everybody, look at <laughs> Some of the people let that damn bird off that chain and let it snatch people's eyes up if if it wants to. Well, when Caleb said that like he was going to be a vet, I always feel like vets like a lot of their job is just killing animals. Sometimes I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not like an expert, but like everybody I know has had to have their animal killed by a vet. So I'm yeah. like, I wouldn't want to be a vet. That seems like the bad job. Did you read that tweet today? I uh, probably not. I, oh, someone shared a tweet that said their friend was a vet and like 90% of people don't want to be in their room when their animal is put down. So it's just like him and this very scared animal looking for its owner right before he fucking puts it to sleep. 
I'm gonna cry. <laughs> like that's, that's not like fixing sick puppy dogs and goes, shit. He went to college for eight years, and then like now he has to stand in a room and kill dogs all day. Like, ugh. No, I don't like that. I did see a good tweet earlier about, uh, well, I mean, Caleb, thanks for calling in. Yeah. And we'll yeah, meet you, we'll meet up with you, I'm sure. We'll see you. Yeah, absolutely. I did, I did see a tweet today that was really good. Uh, Kamala Harris posted that she wants to give people who spend 30% more on their rent a tax break on 30% of their income on rent a tax break. Mm. And somebody just responded to her was like, people want cash. They don't want some weird, archaic tax break. This is the damn Democrats. Every time the Republicans give you a thousand dollars that they're ripping you off. <laughs> but like you say tax break and that just files away as like money that I will never know that I got. Sure. <laughs> I have somebody to do my taxes for me. You get a tax return and you're like, so how much of this is that extra money? Is there like a line <laughs> item that tells me? Yeah, it's like. Why is it always with Keep the Democrats? Why is it with these Democrats they can't just be like, for people that pay 30% of their income in rent, we're going to send them 30% of their income every month. Right. <laughs> like, that's we what got we you. want. We yeah. got you. We're going to cover anything above 30%. Yeah. Yeah. That would be free rent, right? Like, yeah. They should cover everything above 30%. I love that. 30% of my rent, and I would be living larger. <laughs> yeah, you still would be paycheck to paycheck. I would be still paycheck to paycheck, but thirty percent of my rent would definitely make an enormous difference oh, for me. Fuck yeah, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah, let's uh, let's do let's another get, call. Let's call. Just see who's on the phone. That's what we're that's what we're here for. Sorry, I'm fooling around with this other thing here now. Loves fooling around with the vid stuff. Well, we can get minions on the screen now. Yeah, we do minions on the screen if y'all are into minions. Uh, th thank you for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Hello, hello. It is Elizabeth. Hey, the suburbs of Chicago. How Elizabeth, how are you? I'm doing okay. Um, How's the alone yeah. living life? We we talked about oh, that, sure. and then uh, I got a tweet from somebody that said, "How dare you say that living alone is good?" And I'm like, "They said it's what? lonely," and I'm like, "Well, not everybody feels lonely." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it? How is it a weekend? Um, it's pretty good. I think it's actually. Two or three, maybe. I don't think I called in last week. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just, I remember the last time we talked to you, I was telling you how great it is to have your own place. And then once the video went up, I got like the saddest tweet. And I was just like, it was only one person. Everybody else, nobody else brought it up. But when I saw the tweet, I was like, Dag, I'm sorry you're lonely, but I don't think everybody <laughs> that like moves out is lonely. <laughs> sure. Plus, cats help with loneliness. Sure. Yeah. Cats are oh roommates. yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, I did I did figure out uh what I'm gonna do. Uh, I found a cat online. He's very ugly. I love him. Great. Um, his name is Spot, and he's from Indiana. So I'm just gonna get from there. Because all the other shelters I called, all the ones in Illinois, like every single one of them were at least 25. So I'm not sure if it's just like some weird policy in Illinois or. If it's just the shelters, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, as uh, someone who has a kid, uh, I don't think that kids should have animals on their own probably until they're twenty-five, <laughs> unless they're willing, <laughs> unless they're willing to jump through all the hoops. Uh, yeah, yeah, Elizabeth is going to Indiana to right. pick up 
I agree. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that overall, though, like I see a lot of 19 year olds with German shepherds that they keep in apartments. You know? <laughs> yeah, I do too. Oh, I do oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Do, are you going to do outside cat or are you going to keep the cat inside? Well, so this cat apparently used to be an outside. Like he used to live outside, but he wasn't quite like he wasn't exactly an outside cat. Um, it's just that he didn't have a home. Um, so I think he's mostly going to be inside. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'll take him for walks or something. I there's a person in my neighborhood that puts their cat on a chain outside of their house like a dog. Whoa, weird! And I like walk that, by it and I'm like, that seems cruel because I mean, listen, listen, I know this is an alarmist thing and it's not normal coming from me, to, but I'm like, a dog could just roll by and eat that thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Put the cat on a leash, man. <laughs> yeah, that looks like bait. <laughs> it does. It does. Every time I walk by it, I feel like it looks like bait too. Yeah, <laughs> You're trying to catch a wild dog. <laughs> the dog goes on the leash so the cat can get away. It, 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 that's how the food chain works. You don't put the cat. The outdoor cats are cool. I grew up with an outdoor cat, and it lived incredibly long. Bud lived incredibly yeah. long and was just a mean. It was, you know, Bud was kind of mean or whatever, but like. The, the, it had such a long life and it ran around the neighborhood and everybody in the neighborhood knew Bud and they'd be like, look, it's Bud, everybody. And I know that, oh. I don't know if we should have, I don't know if that made us good cat parents or whatever. Like, if, 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 I don't know if that made my parents good cat owners, but I always like admired Bud because it was like, Bud can come to the house if he wants or Bud can leave. And Gumball, that piece of shit, is uh, <laughs> getting out all the time now and getting back too. Oh. Brett's turning Gumball oh. into an outdoor cat. Well, Gumball's breaking out. There you go. She, Gumball is torn the screen out of the door and is trying to create an escape. Of course. Gumball, Gumball is, is the best. The worst. You've got a defender on in the studio now, so we'll have none of this Gumball slander. <laughs> Two, I've, I've been slander. Gumball yesterday was sitting on Jason's backpack, and every time I walked by, Gumball would meow at me real hard and then swipe at my socks, and it's like... What I do to you, Gumball? Nothing. Not a thing. I ignore you or call you a stupid asshole if you get close. He knows you're talking shit. <laughs> Maybe. So what's going yeah. on this week, Elizabeth? Well, um, I want to talk about a few things. Um, mostly work-related stuff. That's our My expertise. Work, man, <laughs> at uh, at Measers is, oh, God, it's just killing me. Just doing nothing. You know, I mean, I'm doing a lot, like, I'm busy, you know, I'm, like, a lot of work, but, like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? It's like, I'm <laughs> making kind of shitty-ish pizza the Detroit to make someone else money. <laughs> huh? The Detroit style's pretty good. I'm just going to say <laughs> it's that. It's okay. Um, you know, but that, I think, is a thing that you're going to have for the rest of your life at your job, you know? Like... I uh, yeah. I was working at a cable company, which I don't know is like three tiers up. I think you know you get fast food, retail, and then 
probably utility, right? Like that's the next step. Warehouse it utility. Seems right. Warehouse then utility, right? And every day I was like, mm. what am I even fucking doing? I'm just giving these people, these bad parents, the tools to ignore their kids. <laughs> I feel so bad. I, like, you know, you go into, I would go into somebody's house that was extra messy and gross and fix their cable and be like, I shouldn't even be fixing your cable till you clean your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I hope, hope, and I guess that's like a fear of mine where, where it's like, well, what if that is just the rest of my life? I don't, I, I mean, it's like, it's one of, you're going to find something else. You're not going to be at Little Caesars forever. It's just, I just yeah, did a show yeah. with somebody recent, uh, with Lucian from the, the group. We, we talked about, uh, we talked about like trans issues and stuff like that. Uh, they called in when I, I solicited that. And, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the show, we're talking and they were like, uh, I've been working retail for 12 years, worked at GameStop for eight years and was working at like a bunch of different big box stores and stuff. And I was like, but they were like, I have an interview somewhere. And then like last week got a job working for a women's clinic. And it's just like, that, oh, cool. that to me is like, I mean, we all do our time. Like, I think part of, our ethos in a weird way is that like we do all do our time here. It's not because we want to, nobody wants to be, nobody wants to work service, but I really feel like doing your time there is going to make you a better person in the future. I really do. Oh, for sure. For sure. I just don't feel like it's a huge waste of time, but it, it, in, in a way, and you also need to know this about, about capitalism is that like, most of the jobs are a waste of time. <laughs> like nobody's doing anything really important at all, you know? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> like if, if you move yeah. up, if you move up to like an office job, right, where you're making $40,000 a year, like what are you really doing in an office? You know, what? what oh, for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, like that, that's what scares me. It's like, okay, sure. I can, you know, I can have the same life my parents had, right? You know, this middle class, kind of upper middle class for them but you know like sort of middle class existence but it's like okay even though i am at what i guess should be a more fulfilling job it's still doing the same amount of shit that i'm doing at you know little c's you know like yeah they're they're doing the same amount of good that i'm doing you you should i mean if i can give you like just some 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 advice for like your your mental well-being or health you know, it's that, like, uh, you're, like, you can have a life outside of work and be ruthless with your time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, be, like, that was the only thing I did that I was proud of when I was working at any real jobs is that I was like ruthless with my time. I, they adhered to my schedule, you know, like mm. I, I let them give me a schedule, but I didn't work over and I didn't come in early and I didn't work day work on my days off. And you can, yeah. you make your life what it is outside of work. Cause that's like the real, that's realistically where we're at. And, and like, it's so important to give yourself time out of work. And a lot of people don't do that, especially a lot of people at your age, like are like get tied up in this idea that money, cause you're 18, right? Or 19, 18. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you need the money and little Caesars doesn't pay much. 
So you have to work longer hours and just, I mean, as long as you can do it, just always know that your time is, is something that's worth something, you know, your time is worth mm-hmm. something and, uh, it's worth more than money usually. Cause you, I mean, you're already having those feelings of like life passing you by, you know? And I had those when yeah. I was 18 and I have them now at 40 and, uh, you know, just, your time is what's valuable to you. I can tell by your concerns that your time is the sort of thing that's more valuable to you because you care. A lot of people don't care. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. do not stick up for themselves on their schedules and stuff, and they just go to work and they that's their life. They work, and you, I can tell you want more than that. Yeah. Um, and and it kind of all ties into like. I don't know why bosses want to make their employees' lives as like miserable as possible. Like uh, even even when it doesn't need to be. Yeah, no control, like, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a want thing. It's like they have pressure from this their amorphous blob of a managers, and so I mean we have like we always talk about such a fucked up culture that thinks shame. Uh, rudeness, uh, you know, all of that is the way to keep somebody in line. And it really is. I mean, you keep people afraid that they're going to lose their job. Uh, and, you know, that's enough to keep a lot of people from asking any questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, the thing I was thinking of, and, and I know it is such a small thing, especially in comparison to other people's, like, working conditions. Sure. But, like, if I am, you know, like, doing the dishes, you know, and it might take a might be a two-hour task sometimes. I'm going to have an earbud in. You know, I I don't need... I'm not interacting with anyone. You know, I'm able to focus better. They have, like, they're like, oh, we're not paying you to listen to that. Yeah, that's a... That's a yeah, that's a weird one to me because if I was in charge of people and that made them work better, that's all I would really be caring about. I just want the dishes to be done and if uh, music or podcasts or whatever gets that to happen, cool. You know, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. It takes you're right. It's a lot of extra steps to get around. Like, well, you just can't do it because I fucking say so. I mean, that's what they're trying to get to. Is I'm yeah. I'm in charge yeah. of all of your time. I even get both of your ear holes while you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I just still put them in any and uh, uh, I still put them in anyway, just because I have so much like job security right now because there's like five people at the store. The manager actually just got like suspended or something. Okay. I don't know what is fully up. Yeah, but when, yeah. So when like, I wasn't allowed to like, have them, what I would do is I would like feed it up my shirt, like on the inside of my shirt, and then if like someone came mm-hmm. to talk to me, I would just push my stomach against a table and kind of stand up quickly so that it would just like yank them out of my ears. You know, that was my, yeah. <laughs> that was my maneuver. Are they uh, yeah, the, are they doing the thing where they don't want you to talk to each other on your shift? Definitely, sometimes. Was it you that uh, with the drug startup, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, where they, they yell at you for like not yell at you, but you know when you fired or quit, or I don't remember the exact no, they, situation about the fist bumps, right? Yeah, they denied me a raise because I was fist bumping in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't. It's not quite that way. Too but chill, bro. Like <laughs> but yeah, if you're having more than a minute and a half conversation, you're going to get some looks. You can't yell back Even and forth. Even if you're both doing. 
Yeah, if you're both working, well, I mean, can you yell like from the front to the back and stuff? From the window to the I wall? I mean, you know, obviously there's, you know, yelling of like what orders and whatever, but I mean, not not real talk. You can't yell anyway. out your your review of the Jurassic World movie in the middle of the <laughs> no. kitchen. <laughs> They're so freaked out about unionizing now. It really is like because you're seeing, uh, you're seeing so many. Like I think if it's fast food, is such a less like the bosses and the managers are like a little less sophisticated. And I'm sure when they go through their training, they're like, "Don't let these you let these people start a union, and we're gonna." <laughs> it's all coming down on you, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're probably just freaked out every time you talk. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember if I mentioned it uh, before or not, but during my training, they were, they had this like video that was like 15 minutes long, and they were like, "We're not anti." Uh, yeah, we're not anti-union. We're pro-employee, and it was like, "Hmm, okay." That sounds great. That sounds a great way to spend yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but whenever I do talk to people, I'm like, huh, it's kind of a little fucked up that, you know, we're selling, like, $40 worth of pizza in, you know, three minutes, and and we're only making, like, eight bucks. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, I, I like to throw that stuff in. <laughs> That's a Brett move. That You know that gets you fired, right? <laughs> oh, oh, man, I, I cannot wait. Uh, I mean, I am looking for other work, though. I think even something like just, like, delivery, you know, where I can just... Listen and, you know, your... obviously, it's not like I'm on my own, but... Yeah, you can listen to You know, like, I can control... One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and like, yeah, as long as... as long, I Keep looking. You can go anywhere you want from there, you know? Like, that's how I always thought when I worked at McDonald's. I was like, I can take any job in the world and make this much money, so... You know, mm-hmm. you always have more bargaining power. It's I was always had like a really hard time finding jobs. Like, I don't know. I always had a hard time getting out of that service industry thing, that service industry grind. But you can definitely like delivery driver sounds like a sweet job to me. I mean, I yeah, think you probably make a little bit more money and, uh, you know, you're not stuck at one place all day. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh. There's like a pizza hut that's like where I park for my like at my apartment is like literally the I can see the back door of like a strip mall. Well, um, they're promising like, like twenty dollars an hour lately, aren't they? Well, Isn't... yeah. Well, for delivery, uh, it's like eight fifty an hour plus gas compensation plus tips, which is like not insignificant. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh that that's pretty good. The gas money will never be enough gas though, it feels like to me. They're always like mm. they it feels like they never get maybe they do. You know, it's probably better than driving for Grubhub where there is no gas money. <laughs> oh, really? Oh god. Jesus. Well, yeah, that's the that's yeah. the rub with all those it's just like, per you just get paid like 5 bucks to take that order. They don't take anything else into account. You get all the independence oh, in the world, god. but yeah, and, and I'm sure if you get in an accident, they're like, sorry, you were driving for who? <laughs> oh, yeah, you do also. That's another thing. Like, if you're ever driving for Lyft or something like that, uh, and you get in an accident, don't just turn the app off and don't mention it. <laughs> if somebody else yeah. is in the car, you obviously have to. But if, if you're driving for Lyft and you get in an accident with nobody in the car and the app's on, the insurance company can deny it if you don't have special driving oh, for shit. Lyft insurance, which Lyft doesn't make you get, and it costs more money. So, 
I don't yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> and if you're driving for Lyft, you're probably not like you know in the most most secure of spots. <laughs> there are a lot of people that I think make a decent amount of money, but they also work like ninety hours a week. So I don't think God. driving. I don't fall for that. Is what I'm saying. I mean, it's a good. I did look at Lyft as a good way to make a little extra money in lean times, and it gave me bargaining power against you know at the time the uh, the. Uh, at the time, I was working for a camera store that never gave me any days off, and uh, mm-hmm. I just started saying, well, I'll just drive for Lyft. I'll make more. Like, you can get away with it, you know, like, yeah. with Lyft. Use it as a thing, but, like, don't, like, don't make it your job. That's my best uh, – the best advice I can give anybody is it'll seem really cool, you know, and it'll seem like, yeah, I can do this for my job, but, like, it's it's not. It's not a – it's not something you want to do. <laughs> as a full-time job well elizabeth i appreciate you calling and i'm glad things are going pretty well and uh again be ruthless with your time don't let them take more time from you than they deserve yeah will do yeah i've definitely gotten a lot better at being able to say no to them yeah (laughs) yeah that's always smart Uh, they can't they can't do anything when you say no except for fire you. And, again, you live right by a pizza hut. Just walk right over there. Yeah. You've got experience now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. Like, once you do start to pull in some experience, you do become more oh, yeah. valuable you, to those people. You're familiar with the system and all of that. I remember there was a guy that they were like, he was like, he's worked at Taco Bell. He's worked at McDonald's. He's done all these different places. He knows what goes on in this bullshit, you know. Let's get him in here at Fazoli's so he can flame out. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah. he worked at all those places yeah. because he screwed up at right. every single one of them. <laughs> Just calling off is the thing. Like, calling off is the worst crime in the service. And, like, those understaffed fast food places is, like, they don't staff enough people. So as soon as you call off, they have to call somebody else. And I do not know why they depend on people showing up ever. Does that – you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I have gotten, like – a call from the area manager probably three or four times in the last week or so <laughs> asking if I can open the store because, like, nobody shows up. They should never expect – they should run thinking that one person is not going to show up every day and staff yeah. like that and just take the hit on the labor costs, which is what they shave. That's the problem. They don't shave anything else. It's labor costs, and those managers are like – you know, the second it dies down, they're like, you're cut, you're cut, you're cut. You want to go home early mm-hmm. today? Uh, I remember, like, at Chuck E. Cheese, they'd be like, do you want to go home early? And at one point, I had made yeah. $75 on my check for two weeks. And I learned, like, oh, wow. you can't go home early every time. And he's like, do you want to go home early? And I said, no. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, guess what? You're going home early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not not. Not so much a question, huh? You're not. You're my go home early guy, Brian. <laughs> I depend on you to go home early because you're lazy. All right. Um, thanks for calling, Elizabeth. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Have a good night, guys. Brett loves playing with this uh, screen. Now I'm losing him. <laughs> I'm I'm totally here. I'm just making sure that there's surfing pizza rats. If we're talking about pizza, yeah, I've been having a blast watching you scroll <laughs> through all these kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see who's on the phone here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello, am I on? Yeah, you are you. on. <laughs> on like Donkey hey guys, Kong, listen. right? Donkey yeah. Kong, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Jake from Philly. 
Uh, I I love you guys. You're like my my idols. And we love you too. Uh, <laughs> um, we shouldn't be idols though. Could... We're we're not in like uh we're not idols. We're non hierarchical over here. Yes, yes. Anarchy, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I was calling because uh, last your last call-in show, uh, you had this guy who called in about uh, he was like working on a farm, uh, yeah. and I did I did that same uh, like program. Oh, really? How was your experience? And, yeah. Uh, actually, it was like the complete opposite of what he had. Damn, so it's um, like a roll of the dice? Pretty much, I think. I mean, I went with a, a friend of mine who's actually, uh, he's called into the program a couple times, but uh, we went to, uh, like, upstate New York, and uh, it was pretty chill. I mean, uh, like, it was the, it was just these, like, two old, old guys, old people. <laughs> so and- we, they... They, like, didn't expect us to do any work, really, and we just kind of, like, walked around their farm and did so whatever they told us. How so, how like, how much work were you doing? I mean, we did, like, maybe two hours of work a day, probably, and then they, like, fed us and did whatever, and then we, we went around and hiked and shit and went to this nearby town and stuff. Uh, uh, so it wasn't that bad. I mean... She was actually upset that she couldn't, like, teach us that much, but I think it was pretty fun. Why couldn't she teach you that much? Just not not enough time? I mean, (laughs) I really, like, it it was, like, it's, like, all about, like, organic agriculture and, like, permaculture and all that, but, uh, and I I really don't know anything about that. I just kind of wanted to get out and go travel for free. Nice. (laughs) So... And you uh, wanted to be on a, yeah. the, the farm thing is so wild to me. Like, uh, choosing to work on a farm, I would have been sitting there thinking like, this is going to be hard. Like I'm choosing to do a hard job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was tough work, but like she, they would pretty much like, if they, I mean, she said that I was working like way too much and that oh. we needed to chill out. Yeah, this sounds like a dream. <laughs> two hours and you're doing too much. Yeah. Well, it seems yeah. I would love to do something like this just to see what it's like to live on a farm for like. Okay. How long were for, you there? Uh, we were there for like three weeks. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Do that. Yeah. yeah. What's the? How can I do this? Now Brett's like you can't. <laughs> Too bad now you have a real job. I know. <laughs> you, who's going to do street fight, you dingus? <laughs> uh, Brett, okay, I, so get ready for the Brett only shows for three weeks and then the Brian only shows for three weeks while we each go experience living on a farm. Yeah. And then we'll get back to you on what it's like. I mean, was it a cool little town? Because I know that farms can be like there can be little hip little towns out there in the middle of nowhere was was there stuff to do in the town um i mean it was like in upstate new york so like in the middle of the like woods and shit but uh was there a bar i mean it it was yeah we i didn't go to the bar but uh (laughs) we uh we kind of we just walked around i mean there wasn't a whole lot to do but 
You got to go to the bar in a place like that. Cause like when I'm driving and Waze takes me off the freeway to avoid traffic, you, does that happen to like, does, have you ever had that happen yeah, where it'll take you out? I'll be driving in like Pennsylvania and like off on this back road and I'll see a farm that just, uh, not a farm, a bar that just like no windows. And like, there's just cars all the way parked all the way around the bar because <laughs> that's what people do. And if you want to get, a, I mean, that would be the place that I would want to go to get the idea of what's going on outside the cities. <laughs> that because I can't imagine what's going on in that bar. Like, I hate bars, but yeah. it feels like there's new, like there's like, you know, you go to gimmick bars in the city now. There's barcades. There's bars with you know pinball machines there's every bar has jenga and a big connect four and stuff like that you know that stuff isn't in those bars i'm right. very sure these are so. drinking bars <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I, I i mean like i used to go to little little bars like back by where i grew up and it there's always wild times at those places like it was never like yeah. just a normal night it was a bunch of people who knew each other that we're beating each other up on and off. You going on weekdays too? <laughs> now I did growing up, not growing up, but in my early twenties, I used to go to this bar called the thirsty turtle and, uh, they, they served 18 year olds and well, they didn't serve 18 year olds. Actually, they, they were, they served 21 year olds and didn't care where the drink went. <laughs> Once <laughs> you bought it. it, they're like, wherever that ends up, that ends up. And he didn't buy it. And I used to hang out at this bar called the Thirsty Turtle. And like, that was, it was never normal, man. It was always some crazy stuff going on in there. And it was just a little suburban bar in a strip mall. So I don't know if I was out in the middle of nowhere, I need to do that. I need to like have the gut. We need to go to, we need to go to that Ohio. Hound Dog Face Guys Bar. Oh, yeah. We'll go Boehner. to John Boehner's bar sometime, actually. That's what we need to do. We need to go hang out at John Boehner's bar and get beat up by somebody. Hound Dog Face. That's his name. <laughs> John Kasich is Hound Dog Face. Boehner is the oh. orange person. He was the original orange guy before Trump. He used to cry all the time, remember? Yeah, yeah. He would just be getting, liberals would just make him cry constantly. He would be so like, these people want universal health care, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop it. <laughs> Tears rolling down his face. He's the one who the Pope, like, personally shamed out of office. <laughs> <laughs> that rules, man. I, I would like the Pope to have to address me, though, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Sure. <laughs> rather it not be because i'm a universally loathed asshole yeah i can see that i can see that yeah i don't want that but i do want the pope to be like i do want the pope to be like this street fight show these guys <laughs> are doing some pretty satanic stuff on that show yeah. and i would love it if the pope got mad about us you don't talk about dark energy much much in catholicism anymore <laughs> they don't they they would i we should maybe send some of our old when we were obsessed with like spells and satan <laughs> that little period we'll, oh, we'll get it in the pope's hand yeah we need to get that coloring you book. guys i mean the the uh, tarot cards to him yeah. Have you guys ever uh, listened to uh, black metal? Uh, I don't, but 
Yeah, Brett sure. probably does. Yeah. Brett listens to everything. Yeah, that ha- Brett listens to the coolest of everything. Yeah. He like basically is like, oh yeah, I listen to a few black metal bands. I mean, I was listening Cradle to Phil, like Mayhem. Isn't I was it listening the to uh, Norwegian yeah. black metal bands that like burn churches and Hell shit? Yeah, yeah, they did that in the nineties. They really took that that uh, secularism to another level. They, they play <laughs> too much. That's my though. political platform. <laughs> <laughs> Those black metal bands play too much though. Yeah, you gotta mean, live it, man. They murder each other sometimes too, but that's fine if that's your community. That's fine with me. If that, I mean, if you have a community that's like the black, if the black metal community was like, we love killing each other, then I like fine. You know what it's I mean? I don't like it. I don't like. I'd, look, I'd like to talk them out of it. I disapprove <laughs> of this, but if you choose to kill each other, then okay. Well, as long as it looks gnarly and like cool. Well, I don't think it needs... I mean, sure. This is like some ANCAP shit out of you, man. Yeah, I, I am... I mean, I really am, like... As long as there's a contract in place, let's I, fucking murder each other. I don't think it needs a contract. If that's the custom... <laughs> Respecting indigenous cultures now. If that's the custom, then yeah. yeah like, I mean... Look, people don't get involved in... Murder me! People wouldn't get involved with it without knowing. That, sure, sure. Well, I'll maybe get killed doing this. Yeah. The people need that, man. That's why you rode the rides, dude, at the Ohio State Hell Fair. Yeah. Last year, somebody died at the Ohio State Fair on a ride, and Brett went and rode the rides, and he got a little bit extra this year out of riding the rides because he's like, well... I mean, I could die on this one, so I should really enjoy myself. The thrills were more thrilling, and the spills were more spilling. It's true. <laughs> you know, go to that fair, ride those rides, be brave. Ask for your money back, too. Like, ask for $50 from a Target. But, uh, yeah, that, that like, uh, those black metal bands are, are... That's music that I have a rough time. Like, I have to, like... I like a little bit of, like pop in my music like just even the smallest amount of like i need a catchy chorus or something like that and they just they're not into that man they're not they're not into doing that that's why i like to like balance it out with like east asian like k-pop and j-pop and shit like that wow that's (laughs) some extremes do you like uh like you know what is cool is people that drive around and listen to black metal real loud with their windows open because that is like (laughs) A socially unacceptable kind of music now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can yeah. sing about finger and booty holes on the radio all you want, and nobody's <laughs> going to get mad about it. They're doing it all day. You can sing about, like, shooting people and wetting people up and shit like that. You can sing about... Like, you can just sing about anything, but those black metal bands, you don't even know what they're saying, but everybody knows that this is problematic. They're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> There was a, uh, I, I, uh, I wish we had the name of it. There is a black metal band that just came out with like an anti, like a leftist album. Yeah, yeah. Neckbeard oh, yeah. Hunter. A ton of those. What was it? Oh, really? There's a, I would think black metal would be very libertarian. Like the kind of libertarian. Mm, uh, you need, there's a lot of rage in the left I that mean, needs to be soothed. <laughs> it's more like, there's a lot of like Nazi black metal bands, which is, pretty shitty but there's some like leftist kind of bm bands i think uh panopticon is that is yeah that yeah, some... yeah that one's the best definitely okay that's a good one 
See, Brett knows yeah. a black metal band. He, I've never heard him listen to. <laughs> you know what Brett listens to, everybody? This Vampire Weekend song. It's called A-Punk, and it's the first song in my library. And for some reason, when I plug my phone in, no matter if I'm already playing something else, if there's a podcast, it will just play that song every time. My wife hates that song more than anything. <laughs> well, last night, Brett dropped me off at my house. And as soon as I got out of the car, I heard, and I was like, that's your theme song, dude. And it'll like four times i'll be like stop and i'll start something else i'm like no 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 you don't want that podcast you wanted to hear your theme song <laughs> and that song coming out of a minivan is, i know like, i know you, i'm I embarrassed to, you're a commercial dude. man i am <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm i'm just ignore i'm uh i'm uh fitting in i'm like uh camouflage you need to put, you need to put uh a, a black metal song that starts yeah, with an a that's true two a's at the beginning of the album at the beginning of your setup or something you, then your wife would be like no as soon as it started, I could. She wouldn't let me plug my phone in. We should we should play black metal for our our wives. I, mine's heard it, but I don't know if yeah. your wife even knows that black metal is a thing. I know she's heard it. I'll give you some recommendations. Perfect. That's what we need. Perfect black metal for a person who likes to listen to Andrew Bird. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the that's, that's the order you got to serve up. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for calling in. Uh, that, yeah. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, have a great one. Yeah, keep doing what you do. Always. I love you guys. We want to get down to Philly soon or up to Philly. Yeah, please, I don't know which please, way Philly is, but that's one of my favorite right. cities, and I've right been begging Brett for a year to ta- to go to Philly, yeah. but we already went, so we have to wait. Yeah, it's I a big mean, drive. I'll be here, so. We will be back, though. I, we loved it like, there. Last time you guys were here, I was I didn't really listen to you, but... Now I listen to you, so uh, you can sure. come back now. We owe you. That's true. We well, owe there are a lot listening. of people. And you know what? If you had come to that Philly show, you were not – I will tell you, you were not getting the Brian experience that you get on stage <laughs> now because I locked up and melted down, and the only funny thing I did was break a chair. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first time ever that me and Brett and Matt and Will and Felix were on stage together. And the second time Brett and I had been on stage in like three years. So like, I feel bad for the Philly people. And I think that's probably other than the fact that Philly is the coolest city on the planet. Sure. Uh, it's the most street fight city. Have you ever been to Philly? No, it's there's trash everywhere. It's incredible. <laughs> there's like, and it's the worst. And it's like the kind of trash that's good. It's like little tea, like little, uh, milk carton. Yeah. There's ice, ice tea that ice comes tea. in a paper cardboard. Yeah. And people just leave their trash just laying around there. We were there when the Democratic National Convention was there and there was trash everywhere. Like that's usually what they clean up for. And you get <laughs> you can get sandwiches for six dollars everywhere too. Sandwiches and water ice. All right. Well we'll we'll try to get down there, I promise. We're gonna take one uh, more and yeah. take a break of Reno, Brett. Let's do that. Is that the show where you passed out on stage? No, I've man. never passed out on stage. Matt passed oh, out sorry, on Matt stage did, yeah. on 420 here in Columbus. Brett got yeah, him too high. I man. didn't get him too high. We did uh, last year for 420. We did a, like a meetup before the show. Uh, we got pizza and beer, and these guys showed up with the like there was like five of them, and they all had their own blunt. And then they just started passing them around. And Matt always partakes, <laughs> and uh, it was way too much. He he hit the floor. 
I mean, who doesn't? Who wouldn't hit the floor? Sometimes when 420 is going on, it's too much. People go too hard. Yeah, I mean, but you can't always wake back up and get right back in the game, too. Right. That I mean, that Matt will always have my respect, even if he hated me, because that day, me and Brett, like, put our, like, used our foot to wake him up and say, you're up, and he got up and fucking killed. He woke <laughs> up from sleeping and killed and it was like how did you just do that it was that was it was good he is yeah i didn't know master. what it was gonna be and i was just like i didn't want i wasn't trying to freak out and then so we were like yeah just sleep up there that's fine but <laughs> he actually told a pretty hilarious story about the first time he did shrooms yeah uh, rob wisman we got real wasted that's and true. it was the funniest thing and it was so damn funny he came up on stage and he was funny but boy, he was, he told us afterwards, he was like, I just, I was way high. <laughs> he was like pale and shaking up there. <laughs> but he was funny. It was still good. He was like, funny. That's one of those things where like those, I guess if you're a funny person, you can persevere. <laughs> Go well, I, for it. I'll tell you, uh, the other thing, man, you shared that meme in the Street Fighters or that picture in the Street Fighters group about smoking too much weed, then staring at the floor for a half hour. And then saying, yeah, bro, I'm about to, yeah, what? Well, I'm about to get out of here. <laughs> bro, I got to get out of here. That is. That's yeah, if you just say immediately, you have to, like, the, the problem is, is if you don't say something, then you're like, oh, no, I haven't talked in a while. It's like, well, I can't talk now. That would oh, be yeah. weird. <laughs> you just got to immediately say, I'm too high. Just say that to everybody in the room, and it just lets all the pressure out. I do that, though. I've said I'm too high, and then people are like, you're always saying you're high. <laughs> I'm like, don't, man. Now you're making me feel even damn weirder. <laughs> Because now you're like, you repetitive son of a bitch. We've already heard this one from you. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been in so many situations where people got too high and they couldn't, uh, and they, and they like just couldn't wrap their minds around anything and they just had to get up and leave. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It does. It happens to all of us. You do feel weird when you get, I mean, it's, it's a weird feeling. That's for sure. And he's like, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think right now. I can't, and I'm getting embarrassed. Here it is. Dudes love smoking excessive amounts of weed so they can awkwardly sit and look down at the floor without saying a word for 30 minutes and then go, all right, bro, I'm about to head out. (laughs) (laughs) That's from BBW Slayer 666 on Twitter. Really? All right, bro, I'm about to head out. Yeah. All right, then. Let me clap. All right. (laughs) Clap your hands together. I gotta drive this car. I gotta drive this car. I'm real nervous about driving this car, but I can't be here. Does anything feel better than the air outside when you get yeah. out of that house? I feel like, like you stole something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that life of like you gotta go to somebody's house and get high with them in order to get your. Oh, I love stuff. it. Oh God, I love it free was weed. The, but I love free weed. But they always drug dealers go much harder than regular true civilians true. that's why when you go to like the legal states and you go to a bud tender they're always like well man i'd start today with a quick 100 milligrams of uh sativa <laughs> that gets me rolling real good and it's like that's not what normal people do let it get out of here well brett would do it but. yeah i'm not normal dude working in a weed factory the amount of people who are like yeah man you know i'll get up and take a couple dabs get ready for the day <laughs> And then, you know, it's kind of wearing off by the time I get in, so I'm, I'm smooth and good to go. And I'm just like, dude, if I woke up and took a dab, that's my day. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. And you work at a weed, uh, you work at a weed business. Like, that's cool, though. That's how, like, see, part of my job is like being like, oh, hey, everybody, I smoke weed. And, uh, 
I'm like a lightweight now. I don't do <laughs> hardly. I probably hit this pen four times, and that's all day today. Right. And like, uh, but I feel great. And like, I, I just, I don't know if I really need to get to that high tolerance point again. Cause there was times where it was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I just, I get up and I start smoking weed and I go all day, but then there got to be a time where it felt like I was never even high anymore. Like I just like was like so used to being high that I felt sober when I was high and then when I quit and then I, I also like developed this philosophy, this weed philosophy that was like, okay, uh, use it's smarter to use the smallest amount to get high than it is to just use as much as you possibly can. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you don't, think <laughs> that? You I mean, don't I don't, I, I couldn't agree with that. I don't live that. I know you don't live that, but it's, it's definitely it's the not cost a, efficient way of doing it. It's not a preferable it. way to do it. Like that's not preferable to you to be like, I can just take two hits and feel perfectly good and it saves me on weed and money and it makes it so when I do get really high, it's special, you know? Yeah. Um, no, like, I no. use it for, yeah, I don't, if I don't. If it's a sesh, like with people, you got to have something rolled. I mean, if I, and if, you're going through the whole thing. That's like, what I was going to say. Like I smoke weed during the day and I don't smoke a lot. I do. I smoke a couple hits and re up like every hour or so. But if I'm hanging out with people, then I roll a blunt or a joint or something and I still get super fucking high like a kid. Yeah. And then I don't say anything to anybody for 30 minutes. And- <laughs> Bro, I'm about to head out. All right. Let's get this break. Call also, in. I'm into the, also I'm, I am moving into the high dosage of edibles too. I'm really liking that. I moved away I'm, from I'm about edibles. To get some 200 milligram gummies. I'm a hundred percent out of edibles now. I'm done with them. Yeah. No more. They're just too much for me. It's not that they're too much for me. It's that they're too sneaky. And Oh, I, I have some like of it. those CBD pills if you want those. I have some. I the 50 50s? Oh, no. From I Denver. love those, though. Yeah. I would love to have some of those. That's an edible that I can get into. Any any edible with THC and CBD, I like. Pills would be perfect. I'm gonna, okay, we'll work a trade out. I'm a pillium. I'm a pill boy. They call me pillium. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Uh-oh. Hey, it's Jeff and Profits Up. How's it going? Well, you hear me? Yeah. Got you. Yeah, doing good. How about y'all? What? I'm we're doing feeling, all right. How about y'all? We're feeling pretty good. Moving, we, we got started a little late tonight. and Yeah. We're kind of off, I, I think off, but we're having a good time. And we're on camera, which, hey, if you're on camera, enjoy. <laughs> I, I, actually, everyone, I actually... Oh, God. No, God. you're fine. You're fine. Oh, I actually fell asleep. While y'all were like doing all the setup for it, and my wife told me I was snoring, so it would have been really interesting if I would have been a snoring skeleton. That would have you wouldn't have been a skeleton. We would have had to name you something else, right? Do we have to name what if somebody right, is snoring? Lonnie's and Terry's, but what if somebody falls asleep? Sleepy Pete, you're a Sleepy Pete if you fall asleep. Sleepy on. Pete, okay. Oh, he's a Sleepy Pete. We can, work, we can build on this. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on tonight? Oh, this is this is my last uh, summer Sunday, so I might not be calling in so much going forward, unfortunately, because I got to get back to the regular gl- grind of, you know, corrupting the youth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did a great. I did a good third show with with Jeff Jeffrey. Awesome. Oh yeah, and, that was a fun one. And uh, it was really like uh, for the people that like wrestling stuff. The last like twenty minutes of it is in-depth wrestling talk. <laughs> so I hope <laughs> for the people that don't like wrestling, 
yeah, it just ended about 20 minutes before the end. Like, I do this thing now on the third shows, Brett, where if I have a wrestling person on, I make them talk about a bunch of stuff that's not wrestling until the last 20 minutes. And then I'm like, y'all, uh, we're about to talk wrestling. So Time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Time to chop it up about the greatest sport in the world. So, uh, the one true sport. Yeah, how sad is it that your summer's over? Are you getting the amp to get back to work and uh, you start getting a paycheck? <laughs> well, okay, so the way that it is is the paychecks don't go away at the end of the year because I have it set. So I'm a nine-month employee. They're dispensed over 12 months. So I don't miss checks during summer. You should it's be just paid. That's tight. Yeah, but you should be paid during yeah. the summer, right? Brett, yeah, he said he's getting paid during summer. They take what he makes. Oh, right. And, and they fine. split it up into 12 instead of just giving him what he makes all 12 yeah. months. What's you know factored what in, though? Okay. You get three fine. months off. I know. At least you get paid for those three months, too. I'll he bet. is. He gets a check during the, when he's not working. How much work are you doing in those three months? Over the summer? Yeah. Um, who's asking? Uh, your boss. Um, your boss is asking how much work you do during the Lots summer. Lots of work. I have a lot of work going on <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> I'm planning all the time. I'm writing up and making sure I have everything on point for the entire year. Do you plan uh, everything right at the beginning, or is it more of an improv sesh when you're at uh, when you're a teacher? I don't know how teaching Everybody's works. Different. Everybody's different. Um, a lot of teaching is. Like, like going from year to year, you'll use something that you'd used in a prior year, uh, and you, you might just like, like, you know, change it up to make it relevant for what's going on at the present moment. But then, like, the way they've been really fucking with education, they, they just come in and every, every year they have a new thing. Like, this is the new hot thing that's going to get these kids' scores higher or, oh, or whatever. And, sucks. and it just completely changes it up. And so, it just it pisses all these teachers off because it, it means they have to completely rejigger the entirety of what they've been doing for no reason. I mean, there's no yeah, there's no real. It's just they bought the newest thing and they wanna uh, they wanted to say, oh, now you got to do this. I mean, that that's exactly like working at like a Best Buy where they're like, this is going <laughs> to sell more yeah. cables or whatever. We just we have a new guy in town yeah. that's running the show and he's got his way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to get the numbers up, and they got to filling out spreadsheets and doing projections for this next semester or whatever. It's it, it's become a really bureaucratic job. It's it, you know, and the and the thing about it is, is like uh, I'm sure that you have ideas also to get the students' scores up. That like maybe they could give a tiny bit of autonomy if they're gonna make everybody take right. if they're gonna make everybody take the same test then I assume that the teachers are all going to teach so that people get that test. So maybe just let the teachers figure it out. You know, they're trained yeah. to do that stuff. I don't see why they, because is it all like, we got to use this computer program now. We use this computer program. Or we like, I know that like, like they hand out laptops at some school or iPads at some schools. And it's like, that helps. But those are rich schools, obviously. I my kid doesn't get yeah. an iPad. I wish I'd play with that thing like crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, the real thing is that it's a whole. It's a. It's a scam, right? There's this this inter, like this um, education company who gets a contract with the district 
They say they can do X, Y, Z, and bam, next thing you know, they got the sale and on to the next thing, you know, and they just keep doing it over and over again. Is that like... Because we have like a... mm -hmm. Is that, is it, is it like, uh, um, is that, that's also the test, right? That's why you have the standardized test because there's a company that makes tests. Yeah, private companies. Yeah, Pearson's, uh, um, they, they got, I think it was a $75 million contract for the state of Louisiana last year. Um, for like, I don't know, for, I don't know for how long, but the fact that we're like paying this much money for these people to, you know, just, like I said to you, I told you this on the, uh, on, a, on a third show, they take the prettiest month of the year of April and they just make these kids just sit locked down, like chained to their desks in a room while the weather's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and they say you can't go outside and have fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> an East Coast thing though. That's what the. <laughs> That's an Eastern United States thing because April is not when you say in the prettiest month of the year. It's like oh, it's somebody that lives in a good place. <laughs> like, well, yeah, well, the South, right? Usually, still snowing here. South. <laughs> yeah, we had snow no, in April well, we don't get, well, we got we did get some snow last year. We actually had a a, a a thing where it was January last year, and they had and I go to all the school board meetings. Um, because, and, and they fucking, like, they know me, because I talk shit. But, um, they had a day where they didn't have school, because it was too dangerous to run the buses, but they still had a school board meeting that night. So they were just like, I don't know, they just, and it went until 12, like, 40 in the morning, the school board meeting. And you have to probably be there at 5 or some shit in the morning, right? Why does school start so I mean, early? I get there at, yeah, I get there at 820. Oh, that's not bad. But I'm, I'm a, like, my, it's not too bad. I, I well, my wife and I carpool together, so sometimes shakes things up. But some of these schools go in at like seven, and I'm just like, how in the hell do you, do you live like this? How often are you late? Can you? This is Street Fight asking how often you're late because <laughs> I think I'd imagine uh, that's like highly frowned upon. <laughs> so I'm not like that often. Um, I, I'm really, ang- I get really anxious about showing up on time just in general that's just like something i've always had but like my wife's late sometimes because those bad kids are going crazy <laughs> like if you don't too. if you don't show up like I, that's how i was i was like teacher's late let's act wild right now let's smoke a cigarette in the classroom yeah <laughs> throw it up <laughs> Real quick, let me get it in. <laughs> let's let's throw and something. Let's they. When I was in school, if the teachers showed up late, all the desks would be upside down or something. Yeah, Fifteen by the time seconds they got after school. the bell, someone's climbing on top of something. Yeah. And college, the funniest thing in college, it's my. It was probably my favorite thing about college is like if the teachers late getting to the class, there's a certain amount of time where if they're late, you can leave. And it's like 15 minutes or something. Yeah. Like if they're 15 minutes late and the whole class is looking at their phone, they would just be setting it up like 15 minutes, man. Fifth, like if they're 15 minutes late, we can just leave and we're out of here. And everybody was so amped for it. They always got in with by the 15 minutes. I never had a class. I had one class that I got to leave. And uh, boy, mm-hmm. I got like a 40% in that class. And that was the teacher's Ooh. fault. I will say he was late like three or four times it was an eight-week course and he was late like three or four times and he missed two classes and just basically i paid like i keep i always think about the money i paid for that class and i failed it yeah fucked my gpa up 
and it was like, uh, this guy didn't, you know, <laughs> I should ask yeah. for my money back. That would have been an occasion to ask for my money back. Yeah, for sure. I would speak to a manager. <laughs> May I speak? I did go talk to the dean, actually. We went and talked to uh, the, the boss. Yeah. Got that and motherfucker he just shook in trouble. Like, yeah, right. Well, what are you uh, do? It was a community college. I had one time I had a teacher, when I was at LSU, one time I had a teacher who, uh, her dad died and she missed a lot of class. I ended up getting an A in that one, though. Oh. She was a wreck. She was, like, crying, like, doing the lectures and stuff. It was oh. really, really bad. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> Most of mine had it together. <laughs> Most of the teachers I had in college had it together. I, I always wonder, now that so many teachers are fans of this show, I'm like, I wonder what was going on. Like, now that I'm, you know, I think about it now. Because, I mean, you're not the only, th- like, a lot of our listeners are, like, yeah, teachers oh, yeah. and librarians. And I'm always like, man, was they going crazy like that when I was a kid? <laughs> like, were they as edgy? Were they like the edgiest profession? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I do find that um, there's like a, a like a big generational gap between like the, the the younger teachers that are that are doing it now, and then like there's like a there's a, a number of them who came from sort of like the in between time, and then there's a lot of baby boomers who are at the end ready to retire. And I don't know if that's everywhere, but it's definitely close to where it's definitely where I'm at. So they were the square. So they have a lot then? of really old teachers and a lot of really young teachers, and then like in the middle is less. Yeah. So were they the square ones, like the worst, like the baby boomer ones? Got to be Some tough them, to be yeah. around. I mean, like as long if they're if they're like square, that's a problem. But there's also the risk with them that they just don't care anymore. <laughs> I always loved. I had a so principal. Some of them, yeah, some of them is awesome, but then some of them are actively like cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a principal. I in my ninth grade year, we had a freshman building, and the principal's name was Mister Tusing, and he gave his notice before the school year started that after that school year he oh, was no. leaving, and he did not care. And I was talking to this about nice. to to my wife, like my class in Groveport. My parents didn't tell me this till I got out of school because I think they thought it might encourage me. But when you would go to a conference, the teachers would say that the class of 97 is bad, like extra super bad. And like Katie even knew this, like people knew this. And this principal was like coasting. He was like, I don't give a shit what these people do. And that was like the wildest. That was like one of the because it's like 15 year old, like redneck dudes just getting to do whatever the fuck they want to do. It was crazy, yeah. man. I actually got busted for, like, they was going to bust us for burglary because we went to a teacher's house and stole her carton of cigarettes because one of her sons was our friend. <laughs> he was like, you can use my keys. And we went to his house oh, no. and we stole his cigarettes. And they knew everybody that went. And all summer I was terrified that they were going to call my parents and be like, Brian broke into my house and stole a carton of cigarettes. But it wasn't just me. I didn't even think I got any cigarettes. I was like such a good kid that was just stuck with a bunch of bad kids. Oh, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I was innocent, I swear. I was always just along for the damn ride, okay? I was sweet. I was a sweet follower. Boy, I was. I really... Well... I don't know. I would have to ask people if they saw me as a follower, because now that I'm older, I have, like, the full realization that people see. You, like, do you, you understand what I mean? Like, that, that like, 
When you're a yeah. kid, you don't understand that people see you a different way that you see yourself. Right. You feel like all of your social yeah. connections are these like are all based on what you think of yourself. So you think yeah. so like for me, I did think at that time I was good and I hung out with bad kids, right? And that like so <laughs> but I was doing everything that the bad kids were doing. Mm-hmm. But I had a and, and I've even I'll even say this, like at that You got time, away with it is what you mean. Well I did get away <laughs> with a lot of it. But even at that time I, my parents have this thing in their mind that we're like higher class than the place we grew up. Uh-huh. So for a lot of years, oh, I yeah, did I think I was like a rich kid, like basically, because my parents made a little bit more than the people that lived in the neighborhood. But I didn't act like that. You know what I mean? And like, it's just now that I'm out, now I wonder what the other people were thinking about me at that time. Were they thinking... Like, man, Brian's bad. I don't know why I'm hanging out with this fucking kid. <laughs> Every time I hang out with this kid, I get in trouble. <laughs> so I was just so afraid of adults. Yeah. You know, that was the weird thing yeah. about me is I was just so scared of adults. So, All Yeah, right. that, that's, a, that's a common thing. Like, I, it's just that, I don't know, that, like, you want to do as much as you can in terms of, I don't know, just like exploring freedom, but there's just these looming consequences that are always sort of like there, and you just have to just dodge the consequences, but you still want to do all the fun stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I see kids is doing. But they just they just they, they want they, they they're like really interested in wanting to like figure shit out, and like I think that's that's good and important, but like I don't know. There's this philosophy that you just need to keep them in line, and it's just like, just make sure they don't hurt themselves, right? Yeah. Or anybody else. Yeah, yeah. that's how I feel, too. It's like, if they, I mean, even to the point where, like, if your kid is a bully and he gets beat up, okay. That, mm-hmm. you know, okay. He, he learned something, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like, I don't know that anything else beyond that needs to really be done, except for make sure they don't take some sort of revenge. But, like... I feel like right. teaching people the real consequences of their actions is so much more important than making sure you tack on extra punishment for everything. Yeah, but bullies normally well, don't get their comeuppance. Well, yeah, they just get to be bullies <laughs> and, and prosper. Well, right. and the other thing, too, the other thing, too, is that, like, if you don't, uh, like, like, if somebody's, like, bullying somebody else's kid, the parent of the kid that's getting bullied, they, they want something to be done, right? They don't want the actual comeuppance to happen. They want the they want the schools and the teachers and mm-hmm. the uh, the like system and the authority to see something to stamp it out. And it's it's it really sort of um, it, it sort of puts a lot of pressure on on these teachers and whatever to to uh, to act when it might not necessarily be the case. I mean, how do you even that, know? That's the most appropriate thing. I mean, is it is it relatively easy to tell? I I I don't think I would know. Unless I saw it happen not, right in front of my face, you know? No. You, you, they make you do, like, really intensive investigations if there's even, like, the bullying word comes up. It's it's wild. Okay. Like, it's a very, very hot... It's like terrorism in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it means that, like, you just basically have to go and do a whole different, like, set of processes and procedures... To um like work outside of the regular the regular rules. 
Well, and and it is because they do think about they bullying is like a thing. It, it when like it's it's a politically mm-hmm. loaded word. You know what I mean? Like yeah, absolutely. Who knows what's like it, whatever goes on with kids? Like we just, I feel like sometimes we lose sight that they're new on the planet, you know, and like just they're gonna screw up. Some of them are gonna screw up worse than others, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like. It's really weird how we we treat them like we give them more consequences than adults. Like the the consequences of being lonely is a real thing. You know what I mean? Like in real life, if you're not a good person to be around, you end up lonely because people don't want to be around you and they're not going to put up with that. And that is a consequence, you know, and people don't treat that even thing where you're just like you tell the kid, like, if you keep doing this. People aren't going to like you. If you're rude, people won't right. like you. And that's a really good way to teach people stuff, too. Because it's important right. to everybody well, that people like them. And, 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 and kids are smart in the sense that they can figure this stuff out if you communicate it to them in that way. As opposed to saying, oh, well, there's the, you know, there's the, um, the, 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 the teachers and the principals or whatever are coming after me or whatever. They, 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 they respond better to sort of social sanctions, I find. Yeah. Than to official sanctions. I think we all do, really. I mean, you yeah, know, other than absolutely. jail, but I think the thing that regulates me from being a dick 100% of the time is that dicks end up lonely. <laughs> you know, dicks right. don't have people at the end of their life to take care of them or and things like that. So. All right, Jeff. Thank you for okay, calling in. Fine. We're gonna take a we're gonna take our okay. break now. We love you. Listen to his third right, show guys. when he's already back teaching, and uh, tell me when I'm allowed to play music. Thanks, Jeff. For real. Bye. I got a we we got a little weirder setup here to play music, so uh, it's gonna take a second for you on the Twitch stream. We're gonna go take our actual break, and then we'll come in here and and maybe we'll talk to you while the music is playing. Yeah, thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. Uh, we will be back. We're going to take a quick break here. Um, you can hang on the line. If you want to call in next week, the number is 614-412-5252. And uh, call in about 1030. That's the best time to call in if you want to make sure you get in there early. Um, you can listen live at WCRSFM.org or watch on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. We'll see if we can keep this going. We might even, I want to add a lottery to this at some point too. Yeah. We got so much stuff to give away. Like yeah. we just, just put people send us stuff and we got so much stuff piled up that we'll do that. All right. Here you go.
Sucker, I ain't cuffing no action. Nah. The streets raised wow. me. I'm a wow. whole wow. bastard. I bought a Rari just so I can go faster. Sure. Niggas trying to copy me, they plan catch a tournament. I might pull up in a ghost, no catch a tournament. I've been smoking gas and I got no action. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight M's in my bank account. Yeah, 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 in my bank account. I got oh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shooters ready to gun you down. Yeah, 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 dog. Yeah, not for real, dog. Twenty-one, ready about the six. Now I got a house in the hill, dog. Twenty-one, wanna see about it, nigga? Get you killed, dog. Whack, wanna tweet about me, nigga? Get you killed, dog. Kill, dog. I'm a real dog. You a little dog. Chill, dog. Wanna build, dog. Chasing meals, dog. Don't write in your bitch like O'Neal, dog. I shoot, I shoot like Reggie Mill, Twenty-one, chop a sting you like a eel, dog. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight M's in my bank account. Yeah, in my bank account, 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 yeah, in my bank account. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shooters ready to gun you down, yeah, 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 ruler clips. Send a ruler hit, pull up on your bitch. She say that I got a ruler dick. Spray your block down. We not really with that ruler shit. Glock cock now. I don't really get no fuck by who I hit. Yeah, yo bitch, she get jiggy with me. Keep that ziggy with me. Bitch, I'm mad match. You know I got ziggy with me. Keep a mad mad. Case a nigga wanna get busy with me. Rory mad black. And I got a Billy with me. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight M's in my bank account. Yeah, in my bank Shut up, take it, stop, no, stop. 
Hey there, Street Fighters. Thanks for being here. Sunday night, it's a street fight. We start taking your calls, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can listen at wcrsfm.org or check out our social media, Street Fight WCRS. You can find us on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We'll be streaming the show live there when we can. So thanks for tuning in and jumping in the chat. We don't have all that chat stuff figured out yet, but it's on the way. And we're going to do something formally with the bingo card. Some uh, listeners made a bingo card that I thought was really funny, and we got to figure out a way to incorporate it, but that's on the way as well. Also, if you uh, watch on the stream, you can see the Deadpool animations and the pizza rat and uh, the skeleton that comes up if a skeleton calls in. The pizza rat. <laughs> yeah, he was surfing on a pizza. Do you remember the pizza rat? I do remember it's pizza the rat. the cutest little boy. Just Well, I don't know if it was a boy, but you know what I'm saying. Pizza rat. He's a the pizza rat. He loves a the pizza. He goes and he gets a the pizza and he runs across the street. Yeah, I also like smoking crab too, though. Smoking crab? Yeah, there's that crab they put like cigarettes in oh. their their things. I always like that little cigarette smoking boy, but I know that's like a controversial yeah. thing to like. I don't think that's as cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was to me, but I I understand that it's also bad. Sure, but it was cute. It was cute. A little guy just sitting there having a smoke. All these other kids are trying to play with toys, and this little guy is just like, give me, give me a pack of smokes over there. Maybe an a ice-cold brewski. All, All right. right. Suck my thumb and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Let's see who's on the phone. <laughs> Thank you for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? Hi, this is Julia from Northern Virginia. Howdy. Cop State. That's where the cops all are. I know. It sucks here. I, I honestly hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on tonight, Julia? Um, not much. I was calling in to share a small business tyrant story. We like those. Yeah. So it was like right after I moved down here, I like just really needed a job. Um, and so I took this position working at this bakery called Edibles Incredible in Reston. Naming names. Wait a minute. We got to give you credit. Naming names on Street Fight. Julia's naming names. I, like, these people were fucking a nightmare. I don't even care. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, like, I should have known when they hired me, like, in the interview, like, that was going to be a bad sign. Um, I had literally had one job before working at a call center, and I'd never worked retail or anything. And they were like, you're hired perfect um, <laughs> how long was the interview we will mold you <laughs> how long was the uh, interview it was it was like i don't know like 15 minutes <laughs> it was not long <laughs> it was it was bad um and like the whole it's like that's like the size of a shoebox this store and like everyone was running around like crazy um and so i started and i was like oh, 19 at the time and my manager was like in her 50s and within two weeks i was the assistant manager oh no this place sounds so desperate i'm so nervous to find out what the rest of the stuff is it's so it was so bad and i was lucky because like i didn't like really give a shit because like i moved in with my dad um, i transferred schools i was actually going to a school in ohio um and so like i was like i don't have to pay bills so like this is just for me to like get transportation and stay for school. But, um, 
yeah, so if it just evolved from there, um, my manager was really nice to me, obviously, but she was like an alcoholic. And uh. so she would like go across to the restaurant, or, like literally like right across the street and like get wasted and like invite other staff to get wasted with her. Um, which was fun what? for me because like it never like turned into anything bad. Okay. But she did get really drunk once. And, like, she just fired someone. Oh, oh yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. Like, to show how tough she is? Like, was it, like, uh, uh... Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, this guy who he, like, anytime he could come up with a better job, he would leave. But then, like, when it fell through, inevitably, he would go back to working at Edible Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was just sick of it. And he was doing the same thing. And she was just, like, out of it one night and just, like, fired him over the phone. Oh, and, like, God. the owners backed her up. And it was really shitty. Uh, like, <laughs> so she I mean, she got wasted. Yeah. And did she come back into the job and be like, hey, I'm going to call this dude and fire him. I'm going to show him who runs yeah, this joint. She, yeah, she just called him on her cell phone at the, rest, at the, the restaurant across the street. <laughs> and, God, she that's just, so and she stood by it. Like... She was like, I'm like invested in this. That um, is, but she was, yeah. That's she was that's wild. Worst, though it was the owners, it was like it was a wild place. Um, and the owners were like super small business hirings. Like they would just micromanage everything. And the way like we sold, like if we weren't selling enough product or like you know we weren't taking like the stuff out fast enough, and we'd have to throw stuff away. And, like, they had insane hours. We were open from, like, 9 in the morning to 11 at night. And, like, no one wants a fucking, like, $60 cake at, like, 10.30 at night. Like, <laughs> insane. Um, and I, I'm, I'm imagining, like, how – because you can't – like, when it's, at like, an 11 o'clock, you can't have two or three people working. You have to have, like, the no. smallest staff possible when you're working at it 10 o'clock at night. Selling sixty dollar cakes. <laughs> yeah, like it was really expensive, shitty stuff. And the one of the times I actually went to where they made the thing because we just had like the retail store and they brought things over. They literally were using Pillsbury like bake like pre box mix. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> was, um, yeah, they had like bulk of it in the in the like inventory room. It was amazing. That, um, I get. Fine. I think that happens with a lot of those bakeries. There was like oh, a period yeah. where, like, now it's vape stores, but it used to be cupcake stores. Like, uh, no, now it's a uh, brick oven pizza. Like every every <laughs> small business person's like, I'm gonna make some big money doing these. Like, Fast I'll call fire. it like 900 degrees, and I'll sell these pizzas. <laughs> and like, I'm now just now starting to watch all those go under. But there was a period where that was like cupcake places. And when those things happen, it's like the people that are getting in the business aren't passionate about baking or cooking they're passionate about making money and they're just like nobody will question me if this is a pillsbury cake nobody knows the difference who cares it's literally especially like all the bougie ass people that work and like live in reston like that just have money to spend they they'll pay they literally would pay like eight dollars for a single slice of cake and Oof. i was like this is the dumbest thing <laughs> you know, you're um, like, you know, that cost what that cost to make was like, 
What, what do you think? An $8 piece of cake probably costs like four cents to make. Brett, that, we're in the wrong yeah. business. I know. We need to resell. Yeah. We need to be reselling Betty Crocker cake. <laughs> People love those too. That's what they grew up with. I know. They don't true. even know the difference. This tastes just like my grandmother's cake. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are of that generation where our grandparents all cooked out of a box oh, yeah. too. So our, they <laughs> so loved it. Everything came out yeah. of a can or something. They're like, man, these green beans. They're really good. They just dumped them out of a can. Yep. <laughs> soft. They're soft. soft. Real briny. <laughs> yeah. But the worst was after she left. So she, like, quit in, like, a like a fury one day. Yeah. Um, the, those, kind of pe- because, those kind of people don't yeah. quit any other way. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, like, she wasn't even the problem, especially because, like, I was – she like liked me and I was quote on her side as an assistant manager, um, which meant nothing, honestly, <laughs> other than like I got a key and like could open the safe. But so she quit and I, they made me at fucking 19, the acting manager of this whole operation. <laughs> I love this place. That is so like, they were, they must, how many? Oh, imagine the amount of people they went through before you started there. Oh, I know. Think about oh. all the resumes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ended up working literally at a Popelli's right beside it. So I watched the staff continue to change for a whole year after that. But it was literally no one lasted more than six months. I saw and, like, ended up, because I ended up meeting other people working there. But, yeah, so they put me in charge. And that's when it got really insane because they started like fucking calling me at like 1130 at night after I'd send them the closing reports and be like, why didn't we sell all the cupcakes or we're throwing out too many cakes? (laughs) And I'm like, what do you want me to do? It's like people don't want to pay $38 for a six inch cake, which is like super tiny. It seems like five people <laughs> no, i need you uh you gotta go you gotta load up the trunk of your car you need to go to the gas station and tell people we made too many cakes and see how many you can get rid of <laughs> <laughs> but they're yelling at a 19 year old yeah to run true. their store for them to run not only run their inventory but they're also yelling at a 19 year old to like handle their money close the store open a store because you know how these yeah. people are they they'll just like they'll let anybody they they'll uh i also love that assistant manager thing that they made up an assistant manager position for yeah. you like we'll give you it a key we'll give you some more responsibility and we won't have to pay you anything literally yeah i think i got bumped from like 9.40 an hour to like 11 dollars yeah they like usually promote that's a nice though a nice little assistant manager when you work at a place where there's three people working mm-hmm. <laughs> No shit. When so when I finally quit, there were two people left then in the store, and I felt horrible for them because I'm like, you're my like coworkers, but so like they just keep putting all this insane pressure on me, and I had so I was like, fuck this. Like I literally like I was in such a state one day. The regional manager of the pop alley I ended up working for came over slid me his business card and was like, you need to get out of here, apply for these jobs. And so I ended up going and being a shift lead there. But um, so I put in like a week and a half notice because I was going to go home to visit my mom in Pennsylvania. 
uh, and they like flipped out. They're like, you're not giving us a full two weeks. This is insane. Like, well, oh, I hope you'll be flexible and work other days and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, whatever. And so I had tickets to go to um, the Renaissance Fair because it was in the fall. And they were like, you need to come in on a day you're not scheduled. And I was like, no. No, I put in my two weeks. This isn't happening. Like, I have plans. No. And the owner, his wife called, and she started, like, bitching me out on the phone. And I was like, I have a medical reason I'm not coming in. And she was like, you need to tell me right now what it is, and I need to see a doctor's note. And I'm like, it's a day I'm not scheduled. I've never been spoken to this before. And so I slammed the phone down. I was, like, half in tears. And I, like, grabbed my stuff because someone just came on their shift. And I said, Megan, I'm really sorry, but I'm leaving my key and I'm walking out of here. And I took a cake and left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. You're talking about, like, ask people feel real comfortable uh, broaching that type of boundary when it comes to, like, they Uh just, just think you owned you. Yeah, for real. I, I had a weird. I had a weird. This is kind of related, but I had a, a weird situation where I was parking to go pick up my wife, and it's in a private lot. There's only like twelve spots there. Usually, about ten of them are empty. And I pull into one of these empty spots, and this guy rolls up and n- knocks on my window, and he's like, "You park in here?" And I was like, "No, I'm picking up my wife." He's like, oh, "Okay," and he starts to walk away, and then he turns around, and he's like, "Where where she work at?" I was like, "In that building over there." He's like, oh, "Okay." Well, I just want to make sure because the, so the parking police don't get you. And I was like, well, who's the parking police? He said, me. And I said, are you serious? And he said, yeah. And I said, mind your own business. <laughs> and then he was just like, and then he was just walked away and, and that was the end of it. But it was weird that he yeah. came up and was police. He was like freestyle policing the parking lot <laughs> with no, he had no, he had no pad of paper. He couldn't write me a ticket. It was just some asshole on a power trip. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. We called those people Little Caesars where I'm from. Oh, okay. Okay. Then yeah. I, I, uh, I, I need a doctor's note immediately. What, what is that? What is yeah, that? Like, I mean, even if you did private, it. private, like, information. Yeah. Like, an employer can't do that. And I was like, bitch, this is Virginia. Like, right to work. Like, this is the one time, like, it's working for me. Sure. Like, I don't have to give you anything. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I can walk but, out. Yeah. I'm done. That's awful. That's and, and yeah, is it, was, it still open? Yeah, I honestly God don't know how because like when I was leaving, they were freaking out about like like rent was going up and they didn't weren't sure if they were going to be able to afford to continue having a storefront. They thought they'd have to go to just strictly orders because they do a lot of like the really expensive like wedding cakes and stuff and they go to wedding shows and that was always a fucking nightmare having to go to wedding shows with uh the boss, because you're literally there with the owner all day long, so it's just completely exhausting and bullshit. Um, but yeah, I was just like lucky to get out and into a, a re- like especially to that re- like better situation. Yeah, and I um, mean that has to be expensive rent too. As, are they just losing money? I guess they're just keep throwing money into a business they can't run. I mean, yeah, they have to be honestly, because like. There aren't enough cupcakes in the world because they're in like this bougie, fancy development. Oh, yeah. Um, I spent some like, time in Reston. 
Oh, yeah. So it's Reston Town Center where, like, oh. the main toys building and the Microsoft campus and stuff are. Oh, God, yeah. So, I think I've, I think I yeah. mystery shopped at Potbelly's, actually, now that you're <laughs> saying all this, because I remember that. Yeah, no, that's the Potbelly I worked at. You might have mystery shopped place. her, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was Potbelly's bad? Is Because, is, like, uh, I love Potbelly's. It's my favorite thing in the world it's it's the place i like i eat it all the time and people are like well oh, pot bellies is probably bad and i'm like oh i hope not I, it's one of those things that really depends on the manager so my manager darcy was like literally a saint and she like really like looked out for us in the store especially the people like because of course there are always dumb teenagers and like people that like cycle through but the people that stayed she made sure like you know, the, the women that had children were able to leave to pick up their kids on time. We always had set schedules um, that were consistent. She really did a good job making sure we were staffed um, also because we were a really, really busy location that did, like, a, like a lot of catering um, to all the office buildings. And she made sure that, like, people were taken care of. But, like, the, like, regional manager was, like, a shithead. And like all that. are all regional managers are yeah. shithead. I never heard of somebody yeah. saying, you know, I really got a lot out of meeting my regional manager. <laughs> uh, taught yeah. me how this job because it's always like every time the regional manager comes at a fast food place, especially, it's like a huge panic. Like like Tom's coming yeah. in today. Everybody, make sure you keep your head yeah. down. Don't let don't let him it, see you doing this or that. And it's like fuck. Why is Tom such yeah. a dick? <laughs> Yeah, we had – he was less of an issue, but his boss would come in a lot too, like pretty regularly. They, like, have, like, upper, upper management, like, going through the stores and making sure you're, like, you know, following the possibly, like, guidelines and, like, always serving with a smile and that shit. Um, but, like, the day-to-day was fine. Like, I, I mean, I was, like – like 2019 when I was working there and they like didn't give a shit like having me like close the store and stuff <laughs> I always like every the store closed at 9 and at 9.01 I always made sure everyone had clocked out and stuff like I had a good time working with like the people there it was fun I always I always loved working like like that's the big bonus of working at places like that is you work with much cooler people than when you end up in an office or something or a real job. Like the people yeah. you work with at a even, place like Pop Bellies are usually pretty fun. Yeah, and even like the call center thing I worked at, like it wasn't like it was at a like insane like upper like uptight like Catholic school, <laughs> but uh, like it was like I always rather like work at pop Belly, even though it was like more physically demanding and like exhausting and stuff yeah i'm like i'm that way with call centers now like i think that's something i'm definitely like if 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 everything goes sideways and i have to get another job i think i'd rather go back to even doing cable over call center work i think call center work was maybe the worst of my jobs it was one of them roofing is the worst but the call center work is up there in my mind. Call center and McDonald's are two things that are up there in my mind of like, they were just really hard times. Like, yeah, call center is very taxing. It requires all of your attention because you have, you have to be focused on the person calling. And then they're also tracking every single second on your computer. So you have to constantly be talking to somebody that is probably doesn't want to talk to you in most cases, you know? 
Yeah. So I went to Franciscan University, which you guys might have heard of. It's Steubenville. Um, yeah. I, I work like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I know. I, I, I know I've heard. Once you said Steubenville, I was like, oh, I know that place. Yeah. Oh, well, everyone does because of that. But uh, the lesser known is that it has a super Orthodox Catholic uh, university that like the Domino's pizza guy like has given a shit ton of money to and that's the only reason why it still exists <laughs> um, okay but yeah um, that was before he created his own Catholic campus to rival it in Florida yeah yeah um, the Domino's pizza guy's yeah. wild he loves <laughs> Catholicism he he built a city dude yeah. you didn't know that he is uh, like oh, you don't hear enough about the Domino's guy. I'm going to tell you that right now. I he is a, he's a guy that you should probably be hearing about. And we can do a Domino's oh, yeah. guy episode. We should. We should absolutely <laughs> do the. Do- we should dig up the. Do- I'll do that for the next basement show on Wednesday. I'll get Domino's guy information. I'm writing it down oh, right now. Yeah, but so I like work like asking for donations for the university and like I, my wildest story from the one semester I could hack doing it and like being there was um, at the end, like even if the person like didn't give you any money, like as long as they don't phone slam you, you're supposed to ask if they have any prayer intentions. And like oh. I got on the phone with, yeah, oh yeah. And I got off on the phone with someone that was clearly had been crying and was in like an emotional state. And I was just trying to get off the phone as fast as I could. But I was like, my boss was right there. So I just fucking asked, do you have any prayer intentions? And like this woman lost it. She just started bawling and it was like talking about like, don't let your children ever leave. And why do children leave and like never come visit you and all this stuff. And like, I didn't know what to do, and I was just trapped on the phone with her for probably 30 minutes because we're supposed to, you know, be compassionate and stuff. And uh, it it was intense, and she just kept asking me to pray Hail Marys with her. And (laughs) afterwards, I got off the phone, and my boss was like, sounds like that was an intense call. Uh, I won't make you do chapel time today. We had just like a half hour of our time when we were there was we had to sign up and go to the chapel and pray for everyone and pray for donations. Oh, <laughs> you you had to part of the job was you had to go pray for donations. So, That's wild. So yeah. there was so it wasn't even just like emotional labor. There was spiritual labor that was required as well. Oh, oh, hella spiritual labor. Oh yeah. We we prayed the rosary. The first half hour was we prayed uh, the rosary together, and then we could start calling. That is that's they pay a little extra for the praying though. They probably paid you less for the praying. No, they were paying me eight seventy five an hour. Mm, that's very Catholic of them. Doesn't a guy <laughs> for the Catholic Church like sit on a gold throne? <laughs> yeah, like the Pope has like insane amount of money and like just like it, invaluable paintings and things he could sell to like feed the poor or like you know help address people's material needs but that's not going to happen you don't get you don't get to be the pope by just handing out by paying people 15 dollars an hour to get your donations that's not how you (laughs) become the largest landowners in the world right that's the that's the thing on the catholic church the Domino's guy. Yep. Thank you for bringing my attention to the Domino's guy. Now I'm going to make yeah. sure that we smear him on Wednesday when we do the basement awesome. show. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear it. 
Well, thanks but for thanks for calling, Julia. Listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for calling, guys. Yeah, <laughs> good call. Thanks for calling in. Right. The Domino's yeah. guy, dude. I, I these pizza magnates are really quite special people. The Little Caesars guy did put up Rosa Parks. Right. We all know that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> it's the pizza people and the sandwich shop owners, man. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy John and Jersey Mike. Like, See, Jersey Mike's man? I don't know the story for sure on Jersey Mike, but I met someone who claimed that their friend worked in a place where he came in mm-hmm. and he was just. He was, a, he was to, a real Jimmy John? Oh, yeah. Just well, wanted to I come need in this and story. I need rage about everything and. Okay, I'm, I'm, Jersey Mike being a jerk is a real scoop. scoop. Up, scoop on Jersey Mike, <laughs> I love this. Well, this is like when somebody tells you that. Like. This is like when somebody tells you Jack Hanna fucked their wife or something. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like the same thing. So, uh, well, I think what it is is like we were just talking about with the edibles place, not the good kind of edibles. Is that they just they want to make money. They don't want to like share their gift of sandwiches. It's that. You, they just need to figure out how to get a sandwich <laughs> into your fucking hand. You're already <laughs> eating sandwiches. Again, like that's what I always say about people that like own franchises, right? Is that they're not like, oh, you know, I wanna, I wanna, I care about this stuff. They're like, if I open, if I franchise a Quiznos, then I can make a lot of Quiznos money. It's not about the sandwiches or any of that stuff. It's not about a passion to get something out. It's like, it's not a guy that wanted to be in food service all his life. It's a guy that was like, mm, Quiznos, see, people, people are always going to go to Quiznos. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they can't give up those toasted subs. Yeah, they love these things. If, if people are going to want a sub, I'm going to have to own the sub place. Let's see who is on the line here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey. What's up? Pretty All good. right. Chilling, making some dinner. Oh, yeah? It's a little late for dinner. Yeah. Not in California, buddy. <laughs> Got you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is early in California. It's still late for dinner, though, right? Like in California, I have to do the math. but it's, I think. It's 11 o'clock at night. You, you got to get dinner in before midnight. Otherwise, you're in fourth meal territory. <laughs> That's like the gremlin thing, right? I'm going to turn to this scaly fucking evil... Thing, right? I yeah. love the gremlins, though. I think the gremlins yeah. are just as cute as Gizmo. Gizmo, yeah, that's true. Is when you watch the Spider one, street fight. the gremlins are street fight, and Gizmo is normie. <laughs> if you watch that Gremlins movie now and you see that gremlin like pointing a gun wantonly at people, you're like, that rules, man. The gremlins kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a scene in the Gremlins. Like, this is a kids movie. And there's this like really great scene in the Gremlins where there's just a Gremlin standing in like a toy store just shooting guns at things, and you're just like, "Dang, that's edgy, Gremlin." Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an episode of CSI. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like we can't handle that stuff it was now. Some sort of creature, only thirty six inches in height, based upon all the bullet trajectories. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins are crazy, man. They're getting your stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Gremlins are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine just, that's our per, that's our one public service announcement for the show. We're always telling people to quit their jobs and do drugs, but we're like, you know what kicks ass is gremlins. They they <laughs> keep them gremlins out of your house. Be more crazy. Gremlin, be more gremlin like. Yeah. What's going on tonight? 
I know you didn't call to talk about well, Gremlins, although I, I mean, can. Could, I could talk but, about Gremlins. Uh, not a whole lot, honestly. I'm just kind of listening to the show, but uh, yeah, I feel like my life is getting a lot better, which I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, had some recent changes. Yeah, uh, like just material conditions are going to get a lot fucking better soon. I think. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. It, um, but, um, go ahead. No, please. Yeah, it's just I think I'm going to get a job, and I've been, like, kind of employed, but not really for a while now, so. Yeah, going from not employed to employed is a, is that's a pretty big upgrade grade in money. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, that is always, like, the weirdest time, though. Are you, like, almost there? Are you, like, in the middle of the, because I hate that when you're, like, trying to get a job. You haven't had a job for a while. You're working on getting a job somebody you have your hook in somebody right like you're fishing you get your hook in somebody and then it's like just a matter of the process of getting the job and it's uh that's the that's the most arduous time yeah yeah i i think it's gonna happen because they asked me when i can start so yeah sounds good did you tell them like right away like right now if you Uh want me to I didn't say that because I'm finishing up school, so I need to, like, do X, Y, and Z and have that all wrapped up, which will be done, like, in a week. And uh, I need to get that out of the way. But after that, I mean, yeah, I can start basically whenever. I told him, like, two weeks from that time point. It was, like, a couple of days ago, so I thought, like, two weeks should be good. You wearing a suit? You doing a suit job or a jeans job? It was corporate as fuck, man. It was weird. Like, it was really weird. I was in the belly of the beast. Take it down. Super (laughs) suited. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, hey, thanks for calling in. Thank you for listening. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to call back just to listen on the phone because the radio doesn't work on the internet. But uh, just don't pick me up. That's all. The Twitch is... uh, The Twitch... You can watch it on the now we have it on Twitch. So if you want it uncut, okay. I mean, I would. You, you can also listen to. Yeah, call us back. You can go ahead and call us back. It's fine. I wrote your number yeah, down. Cool. I won't pick it up. Cool. All right. Thanks, have guys. a good night. You, you too. Could, I. Bye. I mean, I walk around listening to the Go Off Kings, the Go-off Kings. around my house. Around my house. Yeah, I don't know. You can watch it. And- or you can do whatever. That gremlin with a gun. I'm trying to find a picture of the gremlin with a gun. I love him. I wish there was a gif of him. I, I'll see if I can find one. Yeah, please. Find me a, <laughs> a few gremlins gifts. I uh, love those little guys. I wish I would ask that guy what he made for dinner. Yeah. Like that, if he went all at 10, do, 10, 10 o'clock is a late dinner. Yeah, it's I agree. early dinner. Yeah. I don't know, well, you know, sometimes you get your day going a little later. That's true. You uh, know, we eat nine o'clock dinners all the time in my house. Yeah, especially when you got a kid like that's not in school where right. it doesn't like matter anymore. It's I like when you're when you got a kid and they have to go to school. That's like where it. It's like ah oh, man, we got to eat at six now. Right, right. Yeah, we stay up super late, and I don't have to be up, so that helps. Yeah, I love it. I loved it when my kid was on vacation. Let's see who's on the line here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Uh, my name's Joe. I uh, live in Seattle. What's up, Howdy, Joe? Joe? How are you? I'm doing all right. Looking for work myself, actually, here pretty soon. Oh, are you quitting a job? 
Uh, I walked off the job a little under two months ago. Really? Just what? had enough. You just yeah. had enough of them? What kind of job was it? Suits or uh, jeans? <laughs> That's my uh, new thing. I was actually calling in to talk about the perils of construction labor. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard. I worked uh, as a roofer, so I have a little experience. What were you up to? Um, I'm a second generation uh, drywaller and metal stud framer. Oh, okay. Okay. That's like a lot more involved than what I was doing. So, uh, what was it? Um, what I was mean, it like? I recently, had, I recently had the horrible opportunity to have to get roped into a roof, uh, roof in my boss's house. So, oh, uh, that every weird. time. They do, all those businesses do that, dude. They're just like, oh, you know, you know how to do stuff, and just come over here and, and roof for us, you know. Come over here and do that. Yeah, I didn't. I'd rather hang drywall all day than than roof. It's the hard. It it's harder. the worst job I ever had. It's like the most elements that you could possibly be. <laughs> like, there's no more exactly. being in the elements than standing. I was doing industrial roofing, so I was standing on top of it's hospitals. Yeah. The flat uh, rubber roofs where you have to glue the rubber down. And we would be standing on top of these tall hospitals. And just, it was January. And it was like the worst fucking time, man. Yeah, and you get the pan decking that's reflective in the summer. So you're getting cooked both from the sun and it reflected off the pan decking below you. Yeah. So what what were the perils of, of your other stuff? I was actually calling in to talk about a story of my uh, my buddy who got really hurt and kind of screwed out of compensation, in my opinion, by the state Illinois. Okay, how'd that happen? Well, we were. Um, it was a Saturday, um, the end of a six day week. Um, we were probably already at like fifty two hours, and it was this was in the morning, so everybody was really tired. We're, we were um, converting the seating in a movie theater. And basically, we were framing up these these tiers with metal studs, and then laying down three quarter inch cement board on it, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's cement without the gravel, and it's just got fiberglass in it, and three quarters of an inch thick. So each sheet, it was a four by eight sheet. Uh, each sheet weighed about, I think, 150 pounds. Oof. And uh, my buddy was out cutting it outside because we couldn't cut it inside because they had no plan for the dust inside so they just let us cut on the outside of the theater while like the wind was sending the dust into the parking lot god (laughs) like this company i was working for really liked to make me do things that would just like piss off the general public and or our customers right we were like too cheap we were too cheap and my boss was too dumb to like plan efficiently but that's a whole other thing anyway so he's cutting out there He's got his sawhorses set up, and this stuff is super heavy. He's got to have my other friend, uh, Ryan, help him move it, you know, so that he can cut it with a skill saw. So there's a stack of it there that he's pulling full sheets off of, and he's measuring them and cutting them, you know, to the right size and shape. We need him to haul them in and, and set up this new tiered seating. And, uh, you know, some of the pieces that didn't get cut right or scrap or just pieces he needed out of the way, he was putting on what's called a board cart which is this steel. It's about four foot high. It sits on four eight-inch wheels that all swivel. And it holds the board, like sheet board, like four by eight sheets, vertically. So, like, you set one end of the eight-inch long edge or eight-foot-long edge on this board cart in the middle, and they lay sort of almost vertically, lean back a little bit against the cart. And uh, 
I had told him, you know, that the spot he was cutting on was a slight slope. And I guess at one point, right after we had turned around to take a sheet in, me and the guy who was helping him move it around to cut, uh, the board cart started moving with about between 1,000 and 1,200 pounds of cement board on it. Oh, God. And uh, by the time he noticed, he turned around and tried to, like, crouch down. But as he turned around, he didn't move his feet. So one leg got crossed over the other. And as the board cart came down on him with that 1,200 pounds of cement board, it sort of, like, crushed that leg over the other one and, <sighs> like, twisted his femur like you would twist, like, a dry stick. So it <sighs> broke it, like, in a spiral. Oh, God. But the board cart, luckily, like, he was enough. The board cart got close enough to the big stack of cement board that was that he was cutting on. And it was a good four foot high also. That, like, there was enough space that that 1,200 pounds didn't, like, you know, completely crush him and do a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, that's... Some, that's that is an upside. What what happened? Uh, what so? God damn. What was the? How did they get screwed out of their cut? Because I, I'd imagine you're you should be kind of taken care of forever after that, right? Well, I mean, it's based on a doctor's. <laughs> there's an official point at which their their doctor, the state LNI doctor, decides that you're fit to return to work or not. Yeah. And what happened was he got a an almost two-foot-long piece of titanium grafted to his femur with, like, six or seven screws about two and a half inches long in his knee and in his hip. And uh, what's bothering him now is his, his muscles and stuff are grinding over those screws. And he, he still can't really walk more than, like, four hours a day consistently. And, you know, he was a laborer before. We, we hung drywall. We, we had to stop a drywall. We had to move it around. I mean, before this, he was a logger and actually caught a chainsaw to the face jeez uh this guy doesn't have very good luck yeah what but what uh what is, is what's he doing now right now he's he moved back to indiana and uh he's working i think he's delivering pizza right now that's i mean that's just he, kind of thing he's planning like, to try and make it back out here because what he really likes to do is photograph cars but he's not really you know it's really hard to make money at that sure mm. That's more of a hobby. Yeah. Unless you can, yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a hustle to, to make a I mean, he knows a that. lot of, like, he knows a lot of rich people with, like, Ferraris and stuff. But okay. They okay. only pay to shoot, like, one, one time, a couple hundred bucks. And, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to make a lot of money. That's, I, that, I had the same thing. I, I, like, actually melted down when I had to go see the state doctor. The state, like, mandated doctor when I was on workman's comp for the first for the first year, I saw my own doctor, and then six months after that, and then for another six months, I saw my own doctor, and he kept writing me out over and over again, and then they sent me to the state doctor, and it was like a much different occasion. It was much a different vibe. Like, it was just, it really felt like I was cattle. Like, they they got me in there, and there, he decided that I wasn't ready to go back, which is lucky for me at the time, but, like, uh, it felt like... I don't know. It didn't even feel like he was listening to me or cared at all what was going on with me. He was just like, can you move your hand? And I'm like, no. And he's like, all right, get out of here. And I left. <laughs> I wrote a, I wrote a letter to the state rep about the doctor. Cause I was like, man, that was humiliating. Like it felt very humiliating to go sure. and do that and, and feel like it felt like this doctor isn't what, like it didn't feel like this doctor was here to help me or take care of me. It felt like he was here to like, I don't know. It didn't, I don't know what it felt like he was there to do, but it didn't feel like my interests were at heart. 
at any time in the process of meeting this doctor. And I always think that me writing the letter is what got me the extension. Like, I still think to this day that, like, the extension on my benefits came because I wrote that letter and somebody from the state rep's office, you know, right, got a hold of them. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I know this other super who who knows how to game that system and has gotten all kinds of things from LNI for injuries. And he was actually supposed to be on desk duty and was still working as a superintendent on job sites and helping assist with deliveries and stuff. And he had gotten, like, state money for classes and retraining and stuff. He said, you got to get a lawyer. Yeah. Like, the, ba- the only way you can really get what you're owed is to get a lawyer, which I keep telling my friend, but he's just not the type to try and push it, I don't think. Right, yeah. And, like, the lawyer thing is expensive, and they take an enormous cut of it, and it's really hard to figure out if you're going to make anything out of the deal anyway, you know? I had an opportunity to get partial disability, after I hurt my wrist and I just didn't do it. I didn't go to the lawyer. I didn't do all the work that it took to get that stuff. And then, you know, I just did something that I don't get. I guess I don't really need it. I probably could have used it, (laughs) but it's, it's not something that like, I, I feel like I have a super need for it. Maybe that's how he feels is like, well, I'll work. Cause there are a lot of people that are like, I'll just work my way back up and get there. I don't need no help from anybody. And, and that, that's a shame because it sounds like he deserves something. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even think he wants like money for the the work he can't do now cuz he can't really stay on his feet as long cuz you know, we're delivering pizzas. It doesn't pay much as construction labor. Nobody wants to do construction labor. No, um, that's for sure. But he he wants he wants money to have the rest of the screws taken out because the titan the titanium will eventually bond to his femur. And he won't need the screws, and he's convinced that the screws is what's really giving him the pain. They can't pay. They don't pay for that. Well, he had the initial surgery to put the the, the metal in there, and then I think they did pay to have one screw taken out in his knee. But then they decided that after that, he was he was cleared to return to full full duty. I fucking hate this country. <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that really like illustrates like just the workers are so the last people that anybody cares about. Like this thing runs on the backs of construction workers and all kinds of all the workers. And they're, we're the last consideration. And it really just sucks. And it sucks for people that, that don't even get injured in the first place and are disabled out of the gate, you know, and your wage shouldn't be so tied to, to just your physical ability to do work. You should be able to drop out. Like, he was smart enough to learn layout, which is where you take the the blueprints and basically draw them on the floor for us to frame our walls up. But, like, you know, our employer didn't really have the patience to, to pay him his full wages to do that. Sure. Or to learn that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of work, a lot of businesses like that are so against light duty, too, from my experience. It's often pretty much any of those jobs that I had would say that, that like uh we don't do light duty here the cable company didn't do light duty i know that for sure so there are a lot of jobs that just aren't looking to do aren't looking to pull you off of the floor you know what i mean you either do yeah, it all because if you if you learn that stuff then what what do you need them for yeah that's true what do you need the bosses you learn for? enough yeah if you learn enough layout and learn how to order material and learn how to handle Manpower, like, what do you need the owners for? You can start your own construction business. It's yeah. not that hard to get a bond and a license. Yeah. 
Well, hey, thanks for calling. I hope everything gets taken care of. Yeah, I hope he uh I hope he does something or gets a better situation. Yeah, for sure. Well thank thank you for calling in. I, I, I hope things are getting taken care of. Yep, y'all yeah. take it easy. Have a good one. Where are we at, Brett? We got two calls to go. We are at two and a half hours. We can keep it under three. Perfect. I think. Perfect. I hope. Perfect. Thank you everybody that uh has listened this long and stuck with us on the live stream. Yeah, thank you to all of you. I'm hungry. Like that now, we're usually done now, a half hour ago, and my body's like, when are you going to go eat a bunch of food like a fat pig? And, uh. Well, you, you eat it out of a trough? It's coming, belly. It's coming. <laughs> I'm going to get you some Doritos with salsa. Oh, that's a good treat. Yeah. And maybe it's Pop Tart. All right. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Yo, you're talking to Max from Edmonton, Canada. What's Howdy. up, Max? How's things going in Canada? Oh, uh, you know, it's going pretty good. It's like not cold. Everything's pretty nice. Uh, Universal health when Yeah, you know, that's not bad. Like, <laughs> I guess I don't have as much to complain about as you guys, so I got that going for There's me. There's complaining stuff there, trust me. What's going on tonight? Yeah, it feels kind of petty, but I was uh, I was calling in because... Uh, Brian, you were wondering about, like, what those bars in really small towns are like. Mm -hmm. And I happened to work at one for a little while. Oh, really? Yeah, so I worked at this bar in, uh, oh, God, what's it called? It's a hamlet of 85 people in Dilk, Saskatchewan. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. A hamlet. (laughs) I worked in a bar in a small hamlet in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was definitely a hamlet. So it's like mostly farmers and like a few people that are just kind of like popping through. But uh it was a really strange experience. I basically like my boss was like um he was a rare Canadian Trump supporter. Okay. <laughs> and, and like Oh, I dude, like it. I like him, hey. Yeah. Hey, he's, yeah. uh, he's making America <laughs> yeah, great exactly. again. I wish he'd come up here and make Canada great again, eh? <laughs> it's like, what does he have to complain about? Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't know how you go out of your way to become a Canadian Trump supporter. Imagine but imagine he, how mad a Canadian Trump supporter is because there's universal health care. You know what I mean? Like, that's like an oh, extra totally. thing that's hanging over their head that they don't have here. They're like that's extra true. mad. Those people in America don't even know what it's no, like totally. to live under socialism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you would just go off about, like, pretty boy Justin Trudeau over there, you know, he's taking all of my money and, you know, I don't see any of it. But, like, the dude had, like, a nice cabin and you know, he's doing well. You yeah, know? it's a bar. He's just looking for things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just talked so to somebody like, about Justin Trudeau, too. Like, uh, one of the last third show I did with Rob, we talked about Justin Trudeau. It'll come out soon. And uh, you guys got a little bit to complain about. I, I I hear some stuff. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, totally. So what? How many people were usually there on? Let's let's not do the week. Let's say like on Saturday night. What's it like at a at a bar oh, yeah. or a place like that? Oh, Saturday night is when things get going. So basically, around like five, you know, you get some old people rolling in, and they hit the VLTs till like two a.m. and then head home. What's the VLT? So it was. Oh, so like, uh, do you guys not? They're like slots, basically. 
Keno? Oh, I don't know. We call him Keno in Columbus. We have Keno here. That's a different game than Slots. Keno. Oh, man, I'm showing that I'm a bit, uh, you know, I'm from Canada. I guess we got some things that uh, you don't have over there in Columbus. Yeah, what is it? Brett's so now it's like, like, we need to get to Canada and play these VLPs. <laughs> you said VLPs? Oh, you don't want to be playing these VLPs. <laughs> Too many times you put a $20 in a VLP and you get a nickel out. It's not a good way to make money. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> basically like, um, they're like gambling, but they're sort of like games like, uh, I don't know, you guys play like Candy Crush or anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's like Candy Crush, but on like a big screen. And uh, sort of like a mix between that and a slot machine. Okay, okay. So basically, like, these old people would come in, and they're not tipping you because they don't get drinks, but basically, instead of tips, you take the the little cash-out tickets that they're too embarrassed to give you. Like, they'll you'll get, like, a cash-out for 25 cents or whatever, and you can take that, and, like, that's your tip, basically. Ah, uh, 25 <laughs> cents is your tip. That's yeah, not a good tip. And they're not drinking at all, so they should... Get you, they should cut you in on that VLP money is what I think, you know? Oh, yeah, well, if they're making any, you know, but I, I feel like they were just kind of, you know, they're retirees and they're sort of blowing the cash. But, you know, later in the night you get a few characters. One time I had this woman come in and the whole night she was just drinking Paralyzer after Paralyzer. What's a Paralyzer? And Oh, man, is this another Canadian thing? I feel like I'm... Brett, really foreign do you know what a show? paralyzer is? Never heard of paralyzer. She ever heard of a no. paralyzer? Yeah, I feel like oh we're talking God. to somebody from another planet that has rad drink <laughs> <hands>. <laughs> Okay, so it's kind of a gross drink. It's like it's like uh it's like a milk based alcoholic drink, so it's like Kahlua, Coca Cola, uh like I said, like two percent mm-hmm. milk. Um, and then a shot of vodka, and that's a paralyzer. <laughs> AKA a Colorado bulldog. Okay. So Is that a maybe... Colorado bulldog? They also call them a Colorado bulldog. I'm looking it oh, up. It's damn. on the Drink Kings. Then they got a paralyzer recipe. There's a picture of a paralyzer. <laughs> well, we can't for call you. it a Colorado bulldog up north, so I guess that's why it's a paralyzer. Oh, it looks pretty nice, actually. One it's kind of like a, like a Coke flow. Coke with. Kahlua, though? One ounce vodka, one ounce Kahlua, five ounces Coke, one ounce heavy cream, and a maraschino Ooh. cherry. Yeah, I, I'm into I wouldn't it. Drink, I wouldn't drink it, fellas. I don't know. I was. I served this woman so many, she drank an entire uh, two liter uh, of milk throughout the entire night. Oh, Wait, I thought you were going to say like, a pop. <laughs> they don't have two liters in their milk up there. We do liters of pop. We do liters of pop. They do liters of milk. Right. Yeah, it's like you don't want to consume that much milk in a night out. That's gonna like, that's gonna do something to you. I have another <laughs> paralyzer. Hey, yeah, she was she was getting paralyzed. Like that's they wild. were just going down. Like you wouldn't even ask for something like that in a bar. Like there's no bars I can think of where you would ask for a paralyzer, and she's in a small town of 85 people. Actually, you know what? If I was in a town of 85 people, yeah. I might drink 10 paralyzers. Back <laughs> so what the hell, right? Yeah, like <laughs> makes your surroundings a bit more interesting. Like, so, and you know, if I am going to name and shame this bar in Dilk, Saskatchewan, uh, it's the only bar there. It's called the Dilk Bar. So. <laughs> that is a gross name. <laughs> Dilk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dilk is a horrible name. It's a horrible name. <laughs> well, you, you drive through, you're going to go to the Dilk bar? Disgusting. I love Dilk. 
I love Dilk. Yeah. Dilk? Yeah, let's get to this Dilk bar and drink Yeah, some when are you guys doing a show in Dilk? I could hook you up with a venue. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that would be awesome to like do a show with one person and Dilk. Oh my god. Well, you know, if you did, if you came through, I mean, hey, like I could put you up. You know, the Dilk bar is also an old hotel. We got rooms, everything. And we could play VLP. Brett could spend all of his yeah. money on VLPs because that's <laughs> what he would do. VLPs and paralyzers. All these <laughs> Canadian delicacies. <laughs> are they skill games or are they random? The VLT. No, you can pick different ones. So okay. it's like you go on the machine and you can select these different kinds of games. And <laughs> so, yeah, one would be like a Candy Crush knockoff or there'd be like... And they're, they're all, like, branded, too. You, there's, like, Simpson VLTs out here, stuff like that. Yeah, we have Simpson slots here in Ohio. Why, why don't they oh, have, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Mortal Kombat that I can play for money, you know? Like a li- <laughs> yeah, like that'd be good. Skill yeah. games is where it's at. You're right. Dude. I know. That's what they need. Mm-hmm. I want skill games. They're, they're illegal in the United States, which is ridiculous. Basically, yeah, you're right. It could be, like, progressive slots where, like... If people lose their quarters, the jackpot gets higher until you beat Goro or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You, and you oh, make more so money. Good. You make more money on easy or novice, oh, medium, yes. and hard. If you got to do that hard where you got to fight two people at the same time, like three times in a row before you get to Goro and then you get to Shang Tsung, like that, you deserve 30 bucks for that. I would be, I would yeah. be making mu- that because they don't want me being able to pay my rent that easily. They won't let us experiment you know, I, with that shit either. Why is that illegal? Yeah, totally. I wonder because it's gambling. But so is ga- but gambling. They let you gamble if you can't control the outcome. Like if you, they should let you mm. control the outcome. Like I should be able to build a skill to gamble with. You know, does that? Well, yeah, no, they don't like that. That's, yeah, you'll get kicked out if you get good yeah, at blackjack. Yeah, no you doing that. <laughs> they hate that, but that's not the world I want to live in. I want to live in an anarchist utopia where I can like count cards. Like I think counting cards is fair. I don't think it should be <laughs> against the rules. Yeah, I agree. It's like yeah, you dude, put the effort in. Yeah, I learned how to do it. I get to count cards. That's how you play a game. Like there's, I hate that. I hate gambling. Makes me so mad. It's not a skill base. I feel like trivia, they could do trivia, you know? Yeah. For money? Trivia at a, like a trivia slot machine? Like a trivia machine that just randomly gives you trivia questions and you got to answer them and you make more money for the more answers you get, the harder the questions are. Yeah. That, that seems fair. Trivia IQ live. Yes. Oh, we lost a caller. Oh, I feel to... bad. The Dilk guy's gone. Yeah, what was that about? What happened? Let me get it off here. They don't got good phone in Dilk, I guess. <laughs> we need, I, need a, I need a new gift for this situation. Oh, no, Where's I think that? our phone went Is out. our phone dead? I think we lost our phones, folks. Oh, no. What the fridge? Oh, no. I don't even see us hosting in there anymore. Uh, it's over. I don't know if I can try talk to this person. Hello, are you in there? No, we lost our connection. Damn it! That's the show, folks. (laughs) We just screwed it up. Unless Brian can call. Hold on. Hold on. Stay on the line, listener, that you can hear us, uh, and we can't hear you. We are going to make a phone call. 
to get this together. If you want to come see us live, we are going to be in Columbus, Ohio this Tuesday, July 31st, performing at Ace of Cups, the coolest venue in town. Be there and show up for Thank us. For calling, calling It'll be uh, $5 to get in. 18 and up. It's not. It's, some of the stuff says 21, but that was wrong. We're doing karaoke afterwards from 10 to, to midnight. And uh, I think I'm going to go bowling afterwards. You like bowling, Dylan? Yeah. Hey, are you in there? Hey. I'm here. Howdy. Yes. Thanks. Yes. Ooh. Oh, I'm so glad we saw that. saved it. Oh, that was scary. Who's this? This is Lucian. What's up, oh, Lucian? Wow. I just did a. I, I just said I was going to call, and then you. I didn't. What? And then I'm here. Yeah. Oh, I would have felt bad, but then not as bad that it was you because you got a whole hour coming out in I like a couple out. days. So, <laughs> how's it going, Lucian? I'm, congratulations it's on going. your job. Yeah, thanks. That's why I'm calling. Uh, so I can finally name and shame where I, uh, where I worked before without any, uh, fear of being fired preemptively. Naming names, we're naming names on, it's turning into the last call every week, names, names. It's really been doing that for the past few weeks. So what, who are we shaming tonight when we name names? Oh, Home Depot. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're bad. Can I tell you what my problem with Home Depot is? The sign on the outside of the door that says they drug test all their employees. Yep. Um, so the fa- the best thing about Home Depot is so I I'm leaving as lower management. I was making twelve forty one an hour. As what? Today lower management. Okay. Today the best thing that happened was I handed my letter of resignation, going, "Hey, I'm leaving for another job." And they asked me what it'll take for me to stay. I was like, well, they're giving me way more money. And so they go, okay, whatever. Well, tell, tell the store manager that you're leaving. And then I get a text message from my direct supervisor going, hey, they want to know how much money it'll take for you to stay. It's like, <laughs> well, you're telling me this now after it's already too late. I have another job. Clearly you didn't care enough to pay me a decent wage <laughs> before I was leaving. Right. Holy and moly. I think the grossest, we could have yeah, paid the you so much more. Part, <laughs> yeah. The grossest part is that there's people there who've been there over 20 years who are barely making 16 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. At places like that, they haven't, there is a definite ceiling at a place like Home Depot where they don't want nobody in there making more than $15 an hour. I bet $15 is the ceiling. Like they don't want anybody getting there. You know? No, like it's yeah, that it's 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 awful. I had a coworker when I was talking about like the interview for uh where I'm going, you know, the abortion uh clinic and all that and how much I was gonna be making there and she's like, I've been here like ten years and I don't even make that much and it's so gross. Yeah. Yeah, they don't care about the like they just it if you really want to know how how little they care about you go around and ask people how much they're making because that I mean, that again is one of the most powerful tools that you have. Like, in, as an, if you're an organizer, I think is like letting people know what you're making and then that knowing what they're making is, that's a powerful tool because people, they don't want you to know that stuff. And it usually can tell you where everybody stands. Like, I'm sure you're finding out a lot now what different people are making. Oh, yeah. Because like, I'll, t- I'll openly talking about it. Everyone's like, shh. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to talk about how much you make. And it's like, I don't care. I'm leaving. <laughs> the reason they tell you that is so that you can't go in and realize, 
oh, shit, they're underpaying me severely. Right. This person who does the same fucking job I do is making three bucks more. What the fuck? Telling people, like, I, I, I told somebody, I used to tell people how much I made all the time because I had a lower job because I never asked for a promotion. And they would get higher jobs than me. So anytime that would happen to somebody who'd been working there for a shorter time than me, I'd be like, I make $16 an hour. And they'd be like, I make nine or 10. And I'd be like, oh, you should do something about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this job's worth a little awful. more. <laughs> yeah. I told so a guy I was bad. making sixteen forty-five, and he was making nine fifty, and he was in a position above me. No, he's making ten fifty because he started at nine fifty. They gave him a dollar when they promoted him to a job that had him on call every three weeks. He was on call. He's making ten fifty an hour, and you know how many hours this dude was working on call too, because he was just like, "Give me all the hours," you know. How? Yeah, and it's like if you get any overtime here too, they're like, "Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it." You don't get to keep anything. No, they're so they're basically like waiting to see if you get the forty hours, you're out of there, right? Well, yeah, it's like okay, you're at forty, or hey, you have forty three hours this week. You're gonna have to do a short shift like tomorrow or whatever to cut it, so you don't even you know get to keep it. But they still expect you to somehow work everything you have to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sucks for those people. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm, I'm real happy for you. We talked on the show about, uh, about your career, about, uh, GameStop, which was, that was, yep. I had a hundred questions about that because it just seemed that again, and I'm not going to, I won't do what we did on the show, but like it, nobody's making any money at GameStop. <laughs> no, GameStop was worse than Home Depot. Yeah. Like somehow, but, uh, and then, like, the things they do to just, like, the employees and whatnot, the way they treat them, it's just, it's bad. Uh, it's funny, because I'm leave as obviously, I, I only gave them, like, a week notice. No, never But someone to. on my Facebook to posted like a Home this Depot? thing about, like, yeah, posted, um, this, I guess, when the uh, CEO or whatever made that book, that, oh, yay, capitalism's awesome book. Yeah. Um. On some site did a bunch of interviews with uh, Home Depot employees and like all the shit that they've gone through and how much the job sucks. We did that and, on the show. I feel bad. Yeah, but like I feel bad because everybody I talked to today, because my direct supervisor was like, "Yeah, you know, you can get, you can ask for a ton of money and they'll probably give it to you, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still retail and you're still doing all this shit and like even my." uh the assistant manager who was like, Hey, do you want me to fight for, to pay you more? Cause you know, we can do that. Like, well, it's a little too fucking late for that now. <laughs> yeah. I know why you didn't pay me more when you, you know, but it is what it is. But he was talking about how like he regrets not being able to get out of retail. Now how he feels stuck. And everyone who was like, who's been there a while talks about how they feel stuck and how they regret not taking the chances, even if it was less money. It's just like, Oh Jesus. It is it, that that I mean that it's that's a real hard world, you know, and and it's even harder to get out of. We we talked about this on on the show, but it's like mm-hmm. once like you get kind of slotted 
in a thing that's your expertise and you have to work so hard to get out of it. You know, the only place, oh, I worked at GameStop. Now I can get a job at Home Depot or a grocery store. And, and like, that's what you're qualified to do when you get stuck in a position and it's really rough. I, I always feel for people that that happens to. It's great yeah, to be it, 18 it, years old and have to make a decision to make money and then end up forced <laughs> into some shit for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you got really fair to young people starting out in the world. You got to, I mean, you, you have to build, like you have to build up some sort of job experience. Those are the only places that are hiring. And then once you have that experience, they're like, what are you doing applying to this, to be a florist? You, you do, you do Home Depot stuff. <laughs> yeah. You do GameStop. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's bad. It's not a world that gets talked about enough. It's like there's that show on TV. My wife watches it called Superstore. And it's about these cutesy people that work in a big box store. And I'm like, boy, let me fucking make the movie. Let me make the TV show about the people that work in a big box store. Like, just go hire a bunch of employees. I'll hire Lucian to write. Because <laughs> that's the like, thing. Uh, we... People think it's such an easy, goofy job because when you see it on TV, it's people goofing off and having the best time. You know, it's not a goofy job. It's hard work and you stand up all day and get yelled at a lot. <laughs> yep. Uh, like we, uh, we came back tonight from seeing, uh, sorry to bother you. And it's just like that movie, like especially right now hits so hard. Oh, that movie rocks. With, uh, yeah, I With, gotta go uh, see that. Everything going on, you do. You absolutely do. Yeah, I haven't seen it it's yet. So good. We got a night off tomorrow. It wasn't so what I was expecting. I'll say that. I'm actually excited because I think I have an idea of what the twist is, and uh, I'm pretty excited. I I, I want to see it. I'm excited to see it. Uh, maybe I'll figure that I went out. In, yeah, I went in completely blind, only knowing. Hey, everyone says go see this movie, and the director is a communist. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. And that's all I knew about it. it I'm looks kinda good. glad I did that. Yeah, it looks good. I've seen the one trailer, but I'm I'm kinda staying away from spoilers and stuff too. And this is the type of stuff that needs to happen. Like these are the types of nobody makes those movies. Nobody makes TV for people that work real out, jobs. Like actually almost a little surprised that someone did make the movie. Yeah. I like, I'm surprised nobody's ever made them. I say that about our show too. I'm surprised nobody ever did this before. There's just not a lot of, I mean, he, I think he said he spent about 10 years working on it. Yeah. I mean, you, it's just not something you go and pitch, uh, mm -hmm. and get offered money or advertisements or mm -hmm. product placements. You oh, know? yeah. 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 I, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to imagine the studio saw it still as a chance to make money. Oh, it you was. Know, it was a I cheap mean, film to popular. make and they're, yeah. you know, going to turn a profit on it. But it's, it's staunchly not a fan of if capitalism. There's any time. Yeah, if there's any time to do the, that, this movie would be popular. It would be now with everything that's going on and the, the rise of the DSA and, you know, leftist movements and stuff like that. They probably saw, well, this is popular with the kids. We can yeah. make money off that. Well, they've always made money off of, like, anti-consumer stuff. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, we made, like, WALL-E is a pretty... I mean, in, in the end, a I pretty political Wally. movie. That's great. I actually saw somebody with a car that had Wally and Evie holding hands on the back of it. <laughs> yeah. Aww. I mean, I saw that movie and was like, this is very political. And like, I don't know if it's just me seeing it in the movie, but I, I feel like it is like 
very overtly political. Oh no, it's, it's in your face. Nothing. Yeah. It's unapologetic. It's pretty flippant. To, I think. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I hope. I look. If the capitalists will sell us the rope to hang them with, yeah, is I a think true so. statement. You that's know, true. I mean? they will make some money, <laughs> yeah, but, but there are sure. some some young people that will see that and probably be on a different path now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's funny and like everybody says it's not preachy at all. And that's like what we always shoot for on this show is like, I want it to be political, but I also like entertainment is the number one priority. You know what I mean? Like, because if you don't make entertainment the number one priority, then you're running into like preachiness and just shit people don't want to hear. Like if people don't, you, you got to make it a priority to make people laugh and to put the jokes in the movie and to make it a real thing, you know? And it sounds like he boots Riley really, he put a lot of thought into making this a com. He made it a comedy. He made it so it could play to a mainstream audience. And it sounds like this is going to do some stuff. It sounds like this could raise some clash consciousness, which I honestly think is on the rise anyway, the way that things are screwed up. Like I think more people are talking about it and it's just starting to roll downhill in a weird way. For sure. Oh, definitely, because, like, even talking to my coworkers at work and, you know, uh, their pay and stuff like that, there's a lot of people who, are, who, while they might not entirely agree with everything, they definitely are starting to become more class aware of how just everybody's fucking them over. Well, nobody's giving them... Being- Nobody's giving them direction either or anything. It's like they, they, they know it. A lot of people know it's screwed up. Most people know it's screwed up, but what do we do? You know, like it's like in their mind, they're like, there's nothing you can do. It's always been like this and it's always going to be this way. And you're taught that you're taught to think like yeah. that. And like, uh, and they definitely, no, they definitely ahead. ingrained the idea that you can't, like, I know when I was first hired for Home Depot, one of the first things you watch is a very, don't talk to the union workers. They're going to make your job suck more and take your money. So, like, <laughs> if you ever worked retail, it's automatically drilled in your head that there will never be a union. You can never get a union. We will never support a union. Don't say it in the break room. Like, there's every job I've ever had, you joke around about not saying union in the break room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. Well, Lucian, thank you for calling and thank you for doing the show with me too. We're gonna. Yeah. Where can people find you online if they want more? Um. So I'm mostly on Twitter, which is I'm on Twitter under Tiny Awoo. Tiny as in like the size, and Awoo as A W O O. All right. Um. And then obviously in the uh, uh, Street Fight group, I'm there all the time. Perfect. <laughs> and then you have some. You do some horror blogging or something yeah i run the uh, queer horror website uh, gender terror gender terror okay yep which is entirely patreon funded so every we pay like our writers and our artists and all that oh cool well i'll have to get in there and jump on the patreon then i didn't know that um thank you for calling yeah. in. i appreciate it no problem you guys have a good night you too uh, thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. That is the show. Thank you for tuning in and watching. If you did, I hope you enjoyed all of the uh, stupid gifts I put on the screen. Uh, we are happy to do this show and hope to take it onward and upward until we get to the top of the hierarchy so that we can smash it down flat like a pancake, similar to the shape of the earth. If you want to know what gets us going, it's Kratom and CBD. So <laughs> get on that. Uh, we recommend it highly. And if you want uh, some more, which some more uh, 
material, bonus shows, what I'm saying. Bonus shows uh, that Lucian's on, that Jeff is on. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Radio to support us there and get access to our zine that we do every single month. Uh, we're going to put the film zine out this Monday or Tuesday. We got two days left in the month, so we are procrastinators. Usually comes at the last day of the month. We are Street Fight Radio. Peace.